This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome to another edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Great to have you with us, Andrew Patterson and Michael Remus. With you for the next couple hours and uh, give a quick plug. Our pal Darren Bombing and Chris Walby are going to be firing up a uh, bonfire bomber show, getting ready for the bomber game against the Alouettes after Winnipeg Sports Talk. So make sure to hang around until the end of the program and we'll shoot you over there and you can uh, get ready for a little more bomber content uh, before tomorrow's kickoff in the first of back-to-back games against the Montreal Alouettes for the 8-0 blue and gold. Uh, We've got a real fun show today. Former Winnipeg Jet, Morris Lukowicz, is going to jump on the program. Morris is uh, putting on his first Rocks and Jocks golf tournament at the end of the month at Kingswood. So we'll tell you a little bit about that. Talks about uh, Gail Howardchuck and get Morris's thoughts on his old teammates, Rick Bonus and Scott Arneal, and the job they have at hand in trying to turn this thing around with the Winnipeg Jets and getting the team back to the playoffs this year. So Morris Lukowicz is going to join us off the top. We'll hit a number of topics with Mike McIntyre of the Winnipeg Free Press. I know Mike, I believe Mike said that he's uh, off to the Twin Cities to see the Blue Jays coming up on the weekend. I imagine the Pemina border crossing will be very busy. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that, and Remo and I will get into the Blue Jays trade deadline moves as well in the first segment of the program coming up right away. And then a little later on, often in the off-season of football, I spend most of my time with Jeff Feinberg talking golf, and we will. There's some more interesting live PGA Tour developments that we'll touch on Uh, But we'll also start to look ahead to NFL season. I know Feinberg's got some futures that he's laid so far. And we'll also talk about the irony and humor in Bill Belichick somehow releasing a, uh, a texting the wrong guy and ending up costing a division rival, a first round draft pick and a third round draft pick. So a little NFL and PGA talk towards the end of the program with Feinberg. We'll also hit the cool bet lines for tonight, give you an up-to-date numbers on the Canadian Football League heading into the opening game of the week tomorrow with the Bombers and Alouettes. And we will also see if we can pick a few winners at Assiniboia Downs. Of course, live racing back at the track tonight, starting at 7.30 p.m., Big shout out to the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day, including Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge, or I'm going to be at for the next couple days, Wallace & Wallace, F Apparel, Vita Health, Culligan Water, Royal Sports, Breezy Bend, Not Auto Corp, Little Brown Jug, Princess Auto, the Nick & Nicky DQ Group, Canadian Club, Boston Pizza, Assiniboia Downs, and our friends at Cool Bet Canada. So let's get this party started and get Michael Remus in here uh, to get things going. Remo, what's going on? Yeah, I'm just counting down till uh, you go tomorrow, and I have the keys to the car. We'll see <laughs> see how that goes. I got a lot of videos of my kid. We're just going to be playing the whole time. No, just kidding. Uh, Highlights of the third birthday party on the weekend? Yeah, I've been you know, t- you probably, that would probably be good for views. I mean, just get, you know, Evan's a real cute little guy. Just yeah. get pictures of kids. Maybe mix a puppy or two in there. I'm not sure how that'll go over on the podcast, but I can tell you the YouTube viewers will eat that stuff up. I've been teaching him uh, hockey player names, so I can definitely ask him about uh, Special Kyle guest Connor. maybe if tomorrow. I, if I need a guest, yeah. So <laughs> it'll be just me the next two days. But yeah, happy to be uh, on here with you, counting down to the Bomber game tomorrow. 
And we did have a you know question in chat before the show. It was like, what's the top story today? I was like, well, got to be the Bomber game trying to extend their undefeated streak. And um, Zach Claris and Dalton Schoen being named top performers of the month for the CFL. Yep. So <clears throat> shout out to them. But yeah, fe- feeling good here. Yeah, let, we'll get into that in just a minute because I do want to talk a little yeah. about Bombers before we, uh, and we'll certainly hit that with Mike as well and the old news. But yes, as Michael mentioned, I'm away for the next couple days. I'm pretty sure this is my first day off since September when I missed yes. a couple days to go to the Ryder Cup. Uh, and of course, your Ironman streak has been yeah. incredible. Still have never missed a show. That is going to change later on this month when you get some... Uh, very well-deserved time off, and I know you'll do fine without me. We've got some great guests lined up. We've got some stuff in the can already. How this show goes on without you will remain to be seen later on this month, and fingers crossed we'll make that happen okay. Um, but, yeah, heading to Aikens tomorrow again. We've always talked a lot about Aikens on the program, but I am just so excited to go and see Pitt and the Turen and the Turen family there uh, and uh, get away for a couple days. And... You know, because we're going to be somewhat off the grid now. There is Wi-Fi at the uh, at the main lodge, but I have a feeling we're going to be getting the old AM radio out and listening to the game on the water tomorrow night with Derek Taylor and Doug Brown on CGOB. So it could be a little old school weekend, but uh, I do promise to come back on Monday, hopefully with some incredible fishing tales of dominance on the water and some great pictures of our times out at Aikens Lake. Uh, and just to give you a quick heads up on what's coming up for the next couple of days when Remo's holding it down, um, you know, we'll have Ed Tate tomorrow on the program, Brandon Rewicki, and uh, I- I'll tease this um, heading into the game. I'm going to be catching up with the new owner of the Montreal Alouettes, Gary Stern, and talking to him a little bit about, um, you know, the investment in the Canadian Football League, you know, what it's like being a fan, but also being an owner, some of the challenges in Montreal, as well as, you know, thoughts on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, who have really become the model franchise in the Canadian Football League, of course, all leading into tomorrow's kickoff out in Montreal. And uh, on Friday... Bombing's going to jump in with Remo, and he'll help out at the beginning of the program. Obviously, a big recap of everything that happens tomorrow. Uh, Ken Weeb will take a quick time out from his Manitoba golf tour, and uh, Remo and Hacksaw Hamilton will kick up uh, the latest from in and around the National Hockey League. So uh, we've got a couple great shows for you with Remo leading the way, and I'll be back on Monday. And I guess the big question is, Remo, it would just be my luck that the one day that I take off, something happens. So be prepared for maybe some earth-shattering Jets news, um, which of course will happen when I'm away. I'm just I'm almost counting on it at this point because it's been pretty quiet up until now. Yeah, it's been pretty clear that when we're not on the air, the Jets like uh, announcing news, like they did it with uh, Rick Bonus news and the Dubois was Canada it, Day. Was it that the Dubois? Yeah, the Dubois contract, too. Wasn't that like a second after we went off the yeah, air? Yeah, 302. 302, I believe, the announcement yeah. that he had signed the uh, signed the qualifying offer. Yeah, so, so you're- you got to be prepared for anything, but uh, it, it, it should be a lot of fun. That being said, I mean, as far as the Winnipeg Jets goes, and again, we'll talk about a few Jets topics with Mike. Um, this has been as slow a week as we've had. 
really since the Stanley Cup playoffs. I mean, at, at all times, whether it was the Jets coaching search, whether it was some of the controversy that was stirred up, be uh, thanks to uh, Pat Brisson, Pierre-Luc Dubois' um, agent, there's certainly been lots of topics. At this point right now, I think everyone can agree it really is a sense of sort of hurry up and wait right now for something to uh, something to happen. Now, do I think the intention of the Winnipeg Jets is to head into the season as is? Definitely not. Um, and I think it's important to remember, Remo, that there still is a ton, or are a ton of players that are out as free agents. I mean, we'll get to a couple of the signings that have happened this year. It's been more RFAs. The UFA market has basically ground to a standstill right now. And I think a combination of that is limited cap availability for many teams in the NHL. Uh, many teams trying to figure out what's happening or what their costs are for the RFAs that they need to get signed that haven't been done yet. Uh, and then from the UFA's perspective, um, I think probably the offers that have been on the table well, obviously haven't been enough to get them to uh, to put pen to paper. So um, there's still a lot of intrigue as to what happens with Nazem Kadri. We know John Klingberg signed that one-year deal for $7 million, sort of similar to what Taylor Hall did a couple years ago in Boston. Uh, and then some huge names. I mean, P.K. Subban, Phil Kessel, still waiting to hear about Patrice Bergeron's future, Anton Strawman, and the guy that I think is of most interest to those of us here in Winnipeg, as long as he stays on the market, is Paul Stastny. And I can't say that I'm optimistic that Stastny is back, um, but can tell you that right now his hole in the lineup has not been filled, and it is significant right now, Reem. And um, as I said, maybe you'll get a gift tomorrow and get some news on a signing right now. There is another week and a bit until Mason Appleton's arbitration hearing, and I certainly do expect that that will get settled. I would be stunned if Appleton and the Jets actually make it to the arbitration room. Yeah, we did have a comment in chat here from Rob Somerville, and he says, still curious as to why Chevy has done very little, if anything whatsoever, to improve the on-ice product that will be the 22-23 edition of the Winnipeg Jets. And, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to speculate as to why or how, but I think we all can look at this roster and say, this team isn't better than last year, the team that didn't make the playoffs. Um, they haven't replaced Andrew Kopp or... Paul Stasny, if he doesn't doesn't sign here. But I think for fans, they're having a hard time getting really excited about this upcoming season. The only major change they've made is the Rick Bonus hiring and replacing all the assistants. So there, I think there's still time. I would like to think some moves are coming. I mean, Nazem Kadri's going to sign somewhere. He's not, not going to sign, and then maybe someone will have to move around salary. There's a lot of speculation if he does have a deal or will have a deal with the Islanders if they trade. Anthony Beauvillier, and we have seen a lot of players like Oliver Bjorkstrand and Devon Taves last year, really good players getting traded for, you know, draft picks. And it, that seems crazy to me. So I don't, I, I want to believe that this, that they're not done, that moves are going to happen, but the clock is ticking and we're a month away from September. Um, as far as free agents, you know, you mentioned Appleton. I, I'm kind of curious what, the holdup is usually one side gives one, another side gives another number, and you split the difference. That's what happened with uh, Jess, Jesper Bratt. Um, they what they, you know, they agreed on the contract. The Jersey wanted four point one five. He asked for six point five. They settled on five point four five. You know, somewhere in the middle. We did have one player go to arbitration, and we're kind of we're waiting on hearing that. 
The Predators and Yakov Trainen. Uh, the Predators wanted two years at 1.35, and he wanted one year at 2.4. You'd think it's going to be somewhere in the middle. So I don't know how hmm. difficult this Appleton thing. Maybe you're waiting to hear what the sides offer. You know, the team usually goes lower. The player asks for more, and they meet in the middle. So then we will have that big Apple, Appleton news uh, coming up. Maybe we can have him yeah. on again like we had did last year. Yeah, You know what? For <laughs> sure. I mean, I think that... Um... As I said, I firmly believe that this will not go to arbitration, um, and that is not based on any inside information, just history and the fact that, um, you know, what the Jets are probably looking at, what the Appleton camp is probably looking at, I can't imagine is very, very far apart. So, you know, you've got a date, you've got a bit of a pressure point, and they will get to uh, they will get to, to that. And I think that'll be that that deal is going to be a heck of a lot easier than some of the other things that you know we're talking about, and uh, you know. So much of this, as I mentioned, has to do with the flat cap right now and the real challenges for many teams. Um, and the funny thing is, is that this trade that most of us have been hearing about from insiders that's been speculated all year long has been Blake Wheeler. And as I've said a number of times, Remo, I don't think you can make the argument that if Blake Wheeler is being traded from this team, that this is a, an improvement of the, quote, club from a hockey standpoint. You know, it may open up some more cap room to maybe get another player. But I mean, especially if you're eating some of the contract, um, you know, $4 million or $3.5 million for a signing of the limited amount of talent that's available in free agency um, simply is not going to make up for the loss of Blake Wheeler on the ice. Now, I guess the the thought process is that if Wheeler is elsewhere, you've got a big hole when it comes to the leadership group to really kind of change it over, change the culture in and on it. Um, but I think really, I mean, if people are looking for a big splashy trade uh, with assets coming in of younger players that will be part of the future, I mean, you basically have to trade a pretty significant asset to do that. I'd speculated maybe Mark Scheifele would be in the mix. It doesn't sound like that is the case because of course the whole Pierre-Luc Dubois situation has, uh, I think, really changed the way the Jets have had to think about those players. If Dubois was in on an eight-year deal and looked to be a leader going forward and could be counted on to be here for a long time, maybe the summer is a little bit different as far as how they get aggressive with a player like Mark Shifley. Uh, but right now, I think there's far more questions than answers, uh, and it really does seem more and more, uh, like regardless of what happens throughout the end of this uh, end of this offseason, that Rick Bonus, uh, Scott Arneal, and the staff that will be coming in to take over with a fresh start uh, are going to have plenty of work on their hands to move past a very different, uh, diff disappointing season last year, and most importantly, put their own stamp on the dressing room, the culture of the team, and I mean that's a process, especially when you've got a group that's been together as long as many of the Winnipeg Jets have. Um, that's a, pro a process that probably takes a lot longer than a couple weeks in training camp. Yeah, maybe that's all you need. Maybe you need Rick Bonus to come in and give in, give them the bonus treatment, a new defensive system, uh, more buy-in from the players. Look, we had him on a couple of weeks ago. Said everyone's raring to go. They want to get back at it. They want to recover. I do have concerns about you know, aside from the top end talent, which we know is very good with Kyle Connor and Nikolai Ehlers, the depth scoring last year was definitely an issue. You're really not getting anything from the fourth line, and you need to be able to rely on, not rely on, but have lines that are capable of contributing offense and scoring. So um, 
I'm not sure if we're going to see much diff much different than last year, but I would love to be proven wrong, and I wish them, wish them all the best, but I think it's going to be a tough challenge when we all can see this roster is the same, if not worse, than last year for the Jets, and well, we are, we here's are keeping the one track. thing, and you're right. Um, I mean, like, I don't think anyone can make the argument that on paper the Jets have improved up until this point in the offseason, and you're always hoping that young players can make a step ahead. And of course, they didn't have Cole Perfetti for most of the year, and he'd be, uh, you know, having him have a healthy and productive season would be huge for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, but there is. Here's the thing, and I often think of back to my old past as being, you know, in marketing and sales and ticket sales and corporate sales. And, you know, when you're engaging with customers, basically the fans, um, you know, you do want to give them reason to be excited. And, um, you know, hopefully people have a good positive feeling about the new coaching staff. Um, but honestly, like, you know, there was some real... I mean, it was miserable last year, and I don't want to say the team was completely unlikable, but at times they were, and I certainly think that some players, the way they handled themselves, did uh, some damage to maybe their personal reputation and the way that the uh, the way that fans sort of saw them. And you know, running it back after a lot of empty seats last season, um, the one thing I can tell you, and I hear this every day from fans, as optimistic and as hopeful as people are, there hasn't been anything that has really grabbed them. And uh, I think for the team, for the organization, for the buzz around the city heading into next season, some sort of a move like that certainly would get people excited. But at the end, it is all about wins and losses. It is a results-based business. And um if they think that this is the group that can get better results with the new head coach, all the power to them. But if that doesn't happen, it really sets up for, um, well, shall we say, moving out of this quote-unquote two-year window, which, to be honest, is really a one-year window when you look at the contracts and what needs to happen. Um, and that could push things forward even earlier right now. Um, tough start to the season, too. A pretty tough schedule through October. Um, but everyone does start back at zero. And... Uh, there's lots of hockey left to be played. Hey, just you were mentioning the um, uh, the, the the depth on the club. Travis Yost has an interesting piece, grading every NHL team's right wing depth, and this is a concerning one for Winnipeg Jet fans. Um, you know, he already had done the team's left wing depth, and the Jets weren't too bad there uh, because, of course, Kyle Connor and Nikolai Ehlers were both considered left wingers. The right wing ream is a very different story. Uh, there are five tiers that Travis Yost has put uh, put the teams into. The Minnesota Wild, Nashville Predators, and the Leafs are in the top tier. Uh, you've got another 10 teams in the second tier, including teams like the Avalanche, Lightning, Boston, Oilers. Uh, 10 teams in the third tier. Seven teams in the fourth tier. And then just two teams in the fifth tier. And uh, that tier is called In Trouble. And those teams are the San Jose Sharks and the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, the Sharks, Barabanov, Kunin, Gregor, Lorenz, that's not scaring anyone. And the Jets, depth, the Jets depth chart as of right now, Blake Wheeler, Cole Perfetti, Mason Appleton, and Christian Reichel. And uh, as, as, you know, as, Bad as that looks, at least on paper and Yost's piece compared to the rest of the league, 
Imagine what that looks like if Blake Wheeler's just not on the team and you don't really have anything coming back to add for that. Now, I really don't think that will be the case. I think that if they do manage to trade Wheeler, there would be a player probably with a significant salary coming back, whether they're an underperforming guy or not, I'm not too sure. Uh, but we've talked a lot about the blue line last year. This year, it's the bottom six and certainly that right side with or without Blake Wheeler in the mix for next year. Yeah, and you look at the team last year, as they had two right-handed shots in the lineup at times with Wheeler and Shafley. So, I mean, they're in a tough spot. Sometimes you see Ehlers listed as right, I've seen him and left as well, but I think the Jets' depth last year we saw, um, you weren't getting offensive contributions from the bottom six forwards, and you know, Blake Wheeler was pretty is pretty much the only uh, right winger. Cole Perfetti, you know, maybe you can pencil him in, or on a really good year, what forty, you know, 50, maybe even fifty points. But I think, look, he's playing his first full year. Uh, I think those are still like, kind of high expectations. So we'll have to wait and see how he does. But yeah, after that, they don't have it. And like, if you want to ch- trade Blake Wheeler, you're trading him to change the culture and change the leadership of the team. But um, you would definitely be, you know losing talent uh, at your in your lineup and that would definitely hurt them if you know their quest to uh, get back into the playoffs so uh you know I keep looking at all these you know it's the off season so you see a lot of people putting out rankings and you know one thing I've noticed is yeah the Jets have Ehlers and Connor and then you know big drop off and then on defense you know their best defenseman might be what Morrissey would be like the 40th best defenseman or something or Pionk and maybe hope Pionk can have a, a rebound as well. It's kind of too bad because Morrissey had the down year two years ago and Pionk was great. And last year, Morrissey was great and Pionk, you know, soft battled through injuries. Um, you know, maybe they all get on the same page and both have, have great years. So, I mean, things can happen. And, uh, but uh, I think looking now at the team, as you said, I mean, hard to get excited. Maybe once training camp starts, you see them on the ice you can start to believe, but here we are August 3rd. Yeah. Uh, hey, listen, I, I think the majority of the fan base is going to be excited for the season and we'll want to see the, the team come out and, you know, we'll probably reserve judgment, but I'm just saying that if you wanted to make a splash this summer and you wanted to really inject some energy after a real disappointing season, uh, that just hasn't happened yet. And, you know, I realized that, you know, tr- making a trade for the sake of making a trade is usually a loser's bet. Um, but there are opportunities in the Winnipeg Jets, unfortunately, you know, more so than most teams, I think, really have to start thinking that way because, um, you know, you're coming down to the short strokes on some of these key contracts. And if the team isn't pushing for a Stanley Cup, I think, you know, I think we've been pretty clear. I mean, you're going to have to make decisions to uh, trade players, you know, before their contracts are up. And when that happens, I think, you know, how this season goes in the first two, three months, I think will absolutely indicate whether some of those players are available this year or whether it's an off-season thing or potentially seeing if they can be re-signed and then go into the final year of the contract. So we'll touch on a number of these topics with Mike McIntyre a little bit later on. I know Remo and Brandon, um, well, Brandon had a lot to say last week, not that anything's changed, but um, certainly get to that. And of course, the Bombers. Um, There was a couple signings. You mentioned the Jesper Bratt, who just gets a one-year deal to avoid arbitration, and they'll probably do this again last year, uh, next year. 
Uh, Andrew Mangiapane gets a three-year, $17.4 million contract. He was the guy that looked like he was going to win the Cy Young last year, Remo, with like 20 goals and three assists at one point. Ended up finishing with 35 goals, 55 points, um, and gets an AAV at 5.8. Uh, shout out to Evolving Hockey. They just about nailed that one exactly. And I think we might start seeing more players like Mangiapane, like Line, sign in the three to four year uh, range in that, you know, the teams get the player right now with the cost certainty. And I think the players certainly will be hoping that in three years or in four years when their contract is up, we're in a much healthier economic climate in and around the league. And the cap has not stayed flat, but increased significantly, which will be great for the guys that will be going back to the UFA market. Yeah, three years for Mangiapane. As you said, he's 26, so he will be a UFA at the end of this contract. And I was really curious how Calgary was going to manage their offseason with Mangiapane and RFA, Kachuk and RFA, Gaudreau a UFA. Well, uh, Gaudreau left in free agency. We know that Kachuk traded for Huberto, who's a UFA, and Uyghur, so that's a boost. I do wonder if they look to trade some of their um, one of their defensemen I'm not exactly sure. I'm not exactly sure who, but they have many. They did sign Oliver Shillington as well over the weekend, a two year. And they contract. don't have a single defenseman over five million bucks. I mean, yeah. the way that they're set up, I mean, how long you can keep that group together, I'm not sure. Um, Calgary's a fascinating team, um, you know, for a number of reasons. The way they lost Gaudreau, the way they were forced into trading Keith uh, Matthew Kachuk, but what they ended up getting back from Kachuk, which is then led to the speculation about Mackenzie Weger and John or Jonathan Huberto's up, um, future. Uh, but it seems like they're all in for this year with the Flames. Huberto announcing that he's going to wear number 10 in the Sea of Red earlier, uh, or I believe it was yesterday on social media. Um, so they certainly have got a lot done in some really tough circumstances. Um, but as Rene Deneau said in the chat, there still are seven teams that are over the cap right now. So there will be some moves that will continue to be made. And I'm not sure whether this is a big standoff or staring contest between some GMs that are not getting their price right now. Um, but at some point, something's going to give. And uh, we'll just see whether that happens in the next couple of weeks or whether we might be talking about some of these stories still as training camps open in and around the league. Yeah. Here, I'll just try on One thing I wanted to mention is we're seeing this a lot with RFA. I think you touch on this too, just how the RFAs, now are taking the shorter term deals going yep. towards you know you you know becoming a ufa or one year before ufa and then you know like a chuck they'd try to force a trade and be like hey i'm not signing with you so let's you know let's get this on and then, then he benefits by going to florida getting the deal in the calgary i thought benefited as well from that and, and again part of that is as you mentioned the the salary cap not going up and players saying hey why should i sign long term now when we're probably going to have a bigger salary cut. There's going to be a bigger pie for me to get a piece of. So I think you're trying to balance some um, long-term security versus, you know, future earning power um, with players. And we did have, yeah, Brat signing the one-year deal, uh, training, going to arbitration, Magipane signing. I'm trying to think. I think that was all the signings. Hey, we actually, we actually did have some, <clears throat> some signings. Um, yeah. Owen Tippett uh, got two years oh, yeah. with the Flyers. That was the uh, other one. Three, $3 million as well. Um, but as I said, this has been the quietest week of the year. Uh, and I guess maybe with the long weekend, start of August, a few GMs may be getting away for a little bit of downtime, mm -hmm. but I imagine the phones are still being busy and 
certainly there's still plenty of work to go. All right, um, right off the bat, and we'll talk more about these topics with uh, with Mike a little bit later on. Uh, but Remo, off the top, you mentioned we've got some big bomber news. First of all, congratulations. Two of the three players of the month are from the Blue Bombers. And uh, I can't disagree. Zach Caleros, all he does is win. And Dalton Schoen, the rookie phenom receiver with two multiple touchdown games, player of the week in week five. Um, they are two of the three stars of the month for the Canadian Football League. And I'll be honest, that makes a lot of sense considering no one has been able to beat them so far this year. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Uh, Jalen Ackland, number three, he's been really good too for uh, for Ottawa. And you look at why Hamilton has been not as good. Well, they lost Ackland, they lost Brandon Banks, and they lost Masoli. And I think that's definitely, that's definitely and tough to for them. And Garrett Davis. Yeah, I mean, big losses, but Calaris, yeah, all he does is win. Um, you know, he had a you know a poor game, not throwing too many attempts against Edmonton. They managed to win, and he comes back last week against Calgary, throws for four touchdowns and no interceptions. And Dalton Schoen, he's going to be runaway rookie of the year, I think. I don't know how anyone can touch him. Um, and who was it? Uh, Dave Naylor put out on Twitter over the weekend saying, is he the best you know, rookie receiver since Brandon Zelstra? with Edmonton, who is now in the NFL. He's bounced around Minnesota and Carolina. I loved playing Zilstra in DraftKings when he was catching passes from Mike Riley. So uh, Dalton Schoen, you know, enjoy him while he's here. I wonder what the future is, but mm-hmm. hey, they're trying to win uh, back to back to back great cups and eight or no off to a pretty good start. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, easy to, to win when you got two of the top performers of the month. Incredible. Yeah, he's just been a, a revelation so far, and they've needed him. I mean, losing some key players, yep. including Kenny Lawler from last year. And then, um, you know, what's been so impressive is the way that he's played in the last couple of games with uh, Greg Ellingson out, who had really become the clear-cut number one target for Zach Caleros. Uh, but yeah, Caleros, with over 1,000 yards and 11 touchdowns, the number one star of the month. And Dalton's shown 440 and five touchdowns, uh, top performer in the number two hole right now. Um, hey, just before we get to Morris Lukowicz, let's take a quick look at the uh, the roster, which has been released for tomorrow's game. And I know Ed Tate's going to join you tomorrow on the program. We're able to talk a little bit more about the matchup and we'll have my conversation with Alouette's owner, Jerry Stern or Gary Stern. Uh, but the big news is that Jackson Jeffcoat is back after missing the last two games. The uh, bomber all-star defensive lineman is going to be on the opposite end of his old running mate, Willie Jefferson. Cannot say enough about how well Willie played and the rest of the guys picking up the slack for one of the best in the Canadian Football League, but they've got it done. The defense gets that big boost back. Um, Offense does not get the boost of Greg Ellingson. Um, but considering they were able to go and put up 35 points in Calgary against a very good Stampeders defense, uh, they can probably handle another week or so without Greg Ellingson if the guys playing in the O right now continue to produce the way that they have. Yeah, everyone, I thought everyone was great all around. They really stepped up in that game against Calgary. Uh, Drew Waltarski making catches. Rashid Bailey catching every ball thrown to him. And Nick Dembski, what a return with two touchdowns. Um, you know, one of his touch, you know, scoring those touchdowns remind me of that play he made uh, in the Grey Cup as as well, um, late in the fourth quarter, uh, stopping on a dime. And he's so shifty. So uh, they've got so many weapons, even without Greg Ellingson. Jackson Jeff goes back. I mean, how do you stop these guys on defense? Could we see it? You know, it's kind of funny that I don't know. We're, we still haven't seen like a full roster 
and the best <laughs> bomber squad. So they're in really good shape here uh, heading you know, towards they the are, second And half. I'm glad you mentioned Debski. And you know what? We may be over glossed over that a little bit talking about you know so many of the other things i mean i was so gushing about brady Oliveira and what the running game did and uh, you know i thought legio had a couple clutch kicks obviously what caleros did nick Demsky returning and being productive as he was was i mean an absolute revelation he was on the six game injured list so he was not allowed to practice at any point with his teammates was activated going into the game and went in, having not practiced in a month. Now, he said he was still doing some running on his own and whatnot, but um, that's an athlete right there and a guy that came in and made an immediate impact, Reem, with, uh, I mean, those two touchdowns in the first half in a lot of ways really set the tone for the Bombers hanging in that game with the Calgary Stampeders, who I think were very much focused on getting out to a lead and, um, you know, establishing themselves playing with it in the second half. And thanks to Nick Dembski and, of course, the arm of Zach Caleros, that didn't happen. Yeah, and you saw in the game against Edmonton, and I think other games this year where Zach has kind of just focused on one guy. It was all what Schoen had, I think, had nine or something of the 16, whatever it was in that Edmonton game. And, you know, Ellingson had such a large percentage. But with Dembski back... You're able to spread the ball around more. And there, there's always a threat of some gadget plays, and they did actually have a nice, uh, a nice sweep to Janarian Grant. So I think it just evens out. It gives another weapon that the defense has to worry about, and you, know, you saw everyone else contributing as well. So um, you know Dempsey's back. We'll still wait on Greg Ellingson, but I mean they look pretty good. They look pretty good last game. It's uh, it's kind of scary to think what they could look like with full, full health. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, we'll chop it up, uh, get some more Jets talk and Bomber talk with Mike McIntyre coming up in a few minutes. We will talk some golf and NFL towards the end of the program with Jeff Feinberg. We got our picks. We got cool bet lines coming up. Uh, but in just a minute, former Jet great Morris Lukowicz joining the program. Before we do that, though, I do want to give a, a big shout out to our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market with great prices on Winnipeg's best selection of natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries. Barbecue season is here, and you can get your barbecue on with delicious lean bison steaks or chicken, as well as hot dogs, burgers, and great non-alcoholic drink options for you and your guests, like Sober Carpenter beer and Clever Mocktails. And hey, if you're on the run, Vita Health, a great spot to pop in for a quick lunch with grab-and-go Vitamarket salads, soups, sandwiches, and more. And don't forget to try that tasty falafel salad. And hey, if you can't make it down to one of the stores, visit their new fully shoppable website at myvita.ca to buy online or schedule a delivery or in-store pickup. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge, and online at myvita.ca. Uh, wow, it's been a busy, busy summer for Wallace and Wallace, although considering that they have been the fencing leaders in the city for, what, 75 years, uh, as well as the leaders in overhead doors, and then you add in the work they're doing on boathouses and docks throughout the summer, you'd imagine that they'd be busy. But the bottom line is, if you need, if your property needs the security and protection of a new fence 
or if you've got needs for the garage door, Wallace and Wallace is there. And as well, if you're spending some time on the lake and there's a dock or a boathouse that's a boathouse door that's catching your eye, chances are it's one of theirs. Uh, they've got everything you need for it: steel, aluminum doors, polycarbonate or glass panels, and a design that's perfect for your little piece of paradise. Whether it's for fencing, overhead doors, or the boathouse, Wallace and Wallace has you covered. Find out more or give them a call or arrange for a service visit at 204-452-2700. You can also hit them up online at wallacedoors.com or check out their showroom over on Lawson Road. Uh, Andrew and the gang at F Apparel are keeping fellas in Winnipeg looking sharp. A locally owned company with the best selection and best deals on menswear, including custom-made suits starting at $400. And a great summer deal right now with custom shirts, three for $210. I just ordered a couple uh, uh, two weeks ago or so. Looking forward to getting them in the next little bit. Uh, we will do another suit day, and I'll have a great new suit from F Apparel to wear on it. But if you're looking ahead into the fall, knowing you've got events coming up and getting a little bit back to normal after the last couple of years, F Apparel's the place to go. Give Andrew and the gang down there a call. Uh, pop down and see him at 190 Smith Street downtown, or you can check them out or make an appointment online at F, that's E-P-H-Apparel.com. And yes, tomorrow it's Aikens Lake time. I'll be away for a couple days, but don't worry. We'll come back with some incredible video and pictures of all the fun we're having out at Aikens Lake. And if you're thinking about planning an incredible fly-in fishing getaway right here in the province of Manitoba, Aikens Lake is the place for that. Check them out on social media at Aikens Lake and online at AikensLake.com and get planning for an incredible trip for family and friends or a corporate outing next year out at Aikens Lake. All right, Mike McIntyre, the Free Press, coming up in about 20. But right now, let's welcome in former Winnipeg Jet star Morris Lukowicz to talk a little bit about the squad and the golf tournament that he's having coming up later this month at Kingswood. He is the... Uh, brains behind the operation of the big tournament coming up the uh, rocks and jocks first annual morris lukowicz joins us now luke what's up man how's the summer going summer has been fantastic uh actually got away for a little bit to fernie for uh, a week with uh, my wife eva and our 18 year uh young daughter zoe and so that was fa fantastic family time and I'm in a, a piece of paradise, uh, Christina Lake in BC, uh, just getting ready to play some pickleball with some friends of mine. Well, I, I'm glad you were able to jump on with us because we did want to get the word out on uh, the first annual Morris Lukowicz Rocks and Jocks Golf Tournament. Folks, we'll give you more details in a few minutes, but right now you can mark it down Monday, August 29th at Kingswood Golf and Country Club. And it supports the Ab McDonald Foundation, which we'll find a little bit about that, uh, about that as well. Uh, Luke, though, before we get to the tourney, um, a huge day for the Winnipeg Jets, certainly the Jets alumni, and this community coming up on uh, August 1st, and that is when uh, your uh, dearly departed teammate, Dale Howarchuk, will be honored, October 1st, I should say, before that game, will be honored with the unveiling of the uh, of the statue. Um, I know Dale meant so much to this organization and you as a friend, as a teammate. Um, uh, what was it like hearing that uh, Dale Howarchuk is going to be uh, immortalized with that statue in downtown Winnipeg just by the rink? Well, what a beautiful thing for the Jets to do. 
and to acknowledge such an amazing hockey player. And the, he, uh, you know what, it's, I still find it uh, difficult to believe at times that he's not with us any longer. At the Heritage Classic, he was so full of life, you know, so full of humor and uh, his uh, witty sarcasm at times. And uh, so, I mean, it's just a sadness that, uh, when, you know, to even think that he's, that he's gone. And uh, there's been some fantastic, fantastic hockey players that have come through uh, the Jets organization, and he, uh, he is one of them. So it's, uh, I think it's fantastic that this is being done for him. Hey, um, I just have to ask you about that 81-82 season. I mean, you, of course, had scored over 60 in the WHA, uh, but that was the year you popped over 40, 43 in the, in the NHL. Uh, how, many, uh, how many apples did 10 get on uh, the 43 goals that you popped in 81-82? Did you play with him quite a bit? You know, at that time, I played quite a bit with him in his rookie season. And then uh, we had a nice line. There was uh, Paul McLean, I believe. Uh, Howard Chuck and myself. And then in the next year, it ended with Brian Mullen coming in. I believe that Brian then filled that spot, and I moved over with Thomas Steen and uh, Willie Lindstrom. And, uh, I mean, talk about two uh, incredible centermen. Uh, you know, both of them could dish the puck off so well. So uh, it was fun playing with uh, both of them. In the year that I, that I got the most goals in, um, in my NHL career. I was playing primarily with Thomas, but with Dale on the power play. Morris Luke, which is with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Well, I mean, October 1st is going to be a huge day for the organization. And I imagine um, individuals like yourself and the Jets alumni will be well re- represented as well on such a special day uh, in honoring the uh, legacy of Howard Chuck with the Winnipeg Jets. You know, speaking of those teams in the early 80s, Luke, uh, uh, must have been interesting from your perspective to see your old teammates, Rick Bonus and Scott Arneal, as the new guys in charge of turning the team around. Uh, what was your reaction when you heard Bonus is the head coach and, of course, uh, Arnie coming back as the associate with Rick? Well, first of all, both uh, are quality men uh, with uh, tremendous character. There's uh, Rick is a, a winner. He was so close with Dallas just, I believe, just a couple of years ago or like in the COVID season, uh, actually winning at all. So, uh, you know, what? the thing about Rick Bonus is that uh, when we played together, we actually were playing together and all of a sudden he was uh, behind the bench coaching as a, I believe an assistant coach is that uh, I've played lots of cards with Rick and uh, lots can be learned by playing cards with a man. And uh, Rick is one of the best cards, card players I've ever played with. He knows every card that's been played and uh, somehow he figures out what everybody has in their hands. So he's, <laughs> he's just a very smart, smart man. And uh, so I love it that they got him. I am puzzled by why Dallas let him go. Uh, Dallas has lost uh, loss in the Jets. Uh, Definite benefit and win in that situation. And um, I mean, Scott or Neil, Scott is just, I mean, quality through and through. He's uh, got head coaching experience and uh, they will be a very good tandem. 
Uh, we're uh, looking forward to seeing what they can do. And you mentioned that card playing of Rick Bonus. We'll see what sort of a hand he has to play by the time the offseason is finished up. But as we mentioned, there still is lots of time before training camp. And part of that is to enjoy the summer. And what a great idea to put together a golf tournament. It's been a little while. I mean, obviously with COVID, there's been a lot of opportunities that normally happen each and every year to get together. And that hasn't happened. Tell us about uh, coming up with the idea to bring everyone together for a rocks and jocks golf tournament, bearing your name, Mo. Well, this has been an idea that started before uh, COVID yet, actually. We, uh, uh, Christy Houston, and by the way, you said I'm the brains behind this. I am not. She is. And also a very, very good friend of mine, Sean Chorley, who's a, a Winnipeg a policeman. Uh, Sean and I have done, he's invited me out to many, many hockey events, many um, uh, hockey, golf events. And uh, I've always enjoyed my time with him. I'm just getting to know Christy. She is uh, just a beautiful gal. I've played her golf course a few times now. It has uh, like two of the most beautiful par threes on it that I've ever seen, uh, where, where we hit uh, actually hit across, I believe, a river. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, I was just really looking forward the forward to the uh, uh, the day. Well, I, I really, it, I, pray, I pray, I pray that we get sunshine. Yeah. Well, you know what. I'll tell you what, this month is shaping up to be quite good. Mother Nature owes us some sunshine, considering the way the spring and the summer started, Luke. So hopefully we can get an IOU for uh, for the great weather on the 29th of August. Now, what's interesting with this is that it is, I mean, we always focus on yourself and the hockey background, but it's not just hockey. Uh, you know, there'll be a number of NHL legends, uh, former Winnipeg Jets, but also Winnipeg rock legends from Streetheart, Indian City, and more. Um, how did the idea to sort of merge music and uh, and hockey together for the event? You know what? Recently, in the last number of years, and it's, and it's perhaps because my daughter Zoe, uh, she's an, an inspiring, uh, actually aspiring and inspiring singer dancer. Uh, she's performed uh, like about ten years with what's called the Young Canadians in Calgary, and uh, they they are in the grandstand show every year. I just finished watching 11 nights in a row of her performances. Wow. Fantastic, fantastic show. So somewhere along there, I started to attract uh, the musicians in, into my life. Uh, one of the very first ones was I got a phone call from a buddy who I was coaching his son in Calgary. And he said, hey, do you want to go see Alice Cooper tonight? This was about five years ago. And I said, Really? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, why is this possible? And he said, because they have a drummer that's playing with them, and his name is Brent Fitz. And uh, Fitzy used to wear your jersey when he grew up in Winnipeg. And I said, really? So, so I, I ended up going to this Alice Cooper co uh, concert. He was playing with the backup band. <clears throat> and then I got to meet him afterwards, and we just struck up a huge friendship. And, uh, like, he's, uh, we're actually going to be seeing him on Thursday night here and. uh Grand Forks in a summer music fest. He's going to be playing with a band called Tuke. So it's going to be good to see him again. And along that, I got introduced to some others like Paul McNair, who I think has one of the most amazing voices. Like I've heard him sing uh, with Streetheart. Uh, he's filled in for uh, Kenny Shields with Kenny passing away. And, uh, and Paul, my gosh, he, that man has a voice. 
So what's really cool, Paul, is uh, going to be there that night. So we're going <clears> to <throat> combine some golf, some hockey, and uh, and listen to some uh, uh, Paul McNair and others later that night. Well, that's going to be really cool. And I got to tell you, Fitz is a great friend of the program. We had him on just a couple, well, I guess a month or two ago before he uh, was playing with Tuke at Country Fest in Dauphin. Got a chance to see him out there. Great, great uh, connection to Winnipeg, of course. And uh, a great addition to uh, the lineup for the first ever Morris Lukowicz Rocks and Jocks Golf Tournament on the 29th of April. Now, uh, Mo, raising money for the Ab McDonald Foundation. Um, why was this important to you and uh, uh, to raise money uh, in the name of the first ever Jets captain? You know, when I got to know Ab uh, before he passed away, uh, I got to know him just prior to the Heritage Classic, during the Heritage Classic and afterwards. And actually the last time I ever saw him alive, we were actually golfing Kingswood together in I think uh, Brian Trache tournament. And um, and Ab, I think he was 80 at that time. And uh, he came and uh, like he played every hole. He played every hole. The last couple, all he did was come out and putt. It was an extremely hot day. I mean, the, I just, uh, I fell in love with Ab. He was like, he was a kind of a carbon copy of John Belleville. He's kind of the same class, same stature. Nice, good stories, fun to be around. And um, th- that last round of golf, uh, he sank another a number of putts, which uh, we just, like, he he had so much fun that day. There was, you know, it's fantastic, you know, in these uh, golf tournaments to sink putts because everybody's high-fiving and loving it. And that, that, was, that happened that day. So uh, I just trust that whatever we're supporting there, whatever projects, uh, they're up to uh, is for the good of Winnipeg and for the good of people. Yeah, the Ab McDonald Foundation supports charitable activities that empower youth and adults in the Western community of Winnipeg, and certainly that's an area that I think uh, you know has uh, you know traditionally been able to um, really make the most of uh, opportunities like this to work with a great charity like the Ab McDonald Foundation. So, folks, here's the details: it's Monday, August 29th at Kingswood. Uh, registrations at 10 a.m. Tee offs at noon. Each golfer is going to receive a special tee gift, which will be autographed by Morris Lukowicz. Golfers will be able to play with former Jets, other NHL legends, Winnipeg Rock legends from Streetheart, Indian City, and more. Uh, everyone will get a photo with Morris Lukowicz, the Avco Cup, the Molson Cup as they arrive at the tournament. A uh, big special thank you to the, uh, the Manitoba Sports Hall of Fame. And if you want more information, would like to sponsor, uh, would like to register, whether as an individual or as a team, uh, I guess the best way to do it right now is contact Christie. That's C-H-R-I-S-T-I-E at kingswoodgolf.ca and count yourself in for what should be a great day at the first annual Morris Lukowicz Rocks and Jocks Golf Tournament over at Kingswood. And hey, speaking of the Avco Cup, Luke, um, you know, the Avco Cup will be there for the tourney, uh, but you've got, got the big WHA reunion coming up in October. I'm sure there's a lot of excitement building for that event. There is. There is one other thing I'd like to mention first. Uh, I, with the tournament, I'm going to be bringing along uh, and this is something I do nowadays. I bring along the autograph sessions or uh, when I'm doing some public speaking, uh, a lot of my former uh, NHL WHA jerseys. So I have WHA All-Star, NHL 
all-star uh, Heritage Classic jerseys that actually have uh, NHL sweat in them. And uh, people get to you know, put them on. And uh, I find that people just get thrilled doing this. So that's going to be one other little perk with coming to the golf tournament. They get to put these on and get a picture. And uh, and now, WHA reunion, yes, uh, uh, Peter Young has been helping out a lot with getting this organized. It's going to be a Whistler uh, October 10th. The thing I love about it was um, I believe it's going to be a, an opportunity to thank Bobby Hull for having made it possible for so many of us to actually get to play pro hockey. Uh, when he left the NHL, took a little bit of a risk, but it was also he got paid a million dollars up front to take that risk, was uh, he formed a league that allowed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of players to play pro hockey. And uh, I'm convinced that it had hit, that not happened, I, I, probably, I may have, I think I was probably too small to get into the NHL. The WHA, the three years I had there, allowed me to demonstrate that, uh, especially at that time, the European flow was coming into the game, that there was room for a small guy who was fast, who was uh, somewhat scared and so was faster, and uh, and that could uh, score some goals. And so I, I'm going really to say thanks to Bobby Hall. Well, it's going to be a great event, and obviously that league means so much here in Winnipeg and really paved the way for the Winnipeg Jets to be in the National Hockey League to leave and now come back, and obviously we're all looking forward to hopefully a big turnaround from the club coming up this October. Uh, again, WHA, and we'll talk more about that on the show coming up closer to the big event in Whistler, uh, but August 29th, gang, Morris Lukowicz, first annual Rocks and Jocks Golf Tournament at Kingswood. Once again, it's Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-E at kingswoodgolf.ca to get involved, book a, uh, you know, book a foursome or get involved. And um, Morris, hopefully we can catch up before and when you're back here for then. Thanks so much for doing this and uh, go smoke your opponents on the pickleball court and have a great day. I, I will. And Hustler, you know what? I, I really believe in mindset. And so I'd like to toss out a little mindset here is that uh, there's a Stanley Cup parade in Winnipeg, 2023. And I just really wish all the very best success to the Jets, Rick, Scott, go get them. Uh, it's just like a team's got to get on a roll and just have everything fall in place. I just really hope it can happen. I love the mindset, Luke. I love it. Uh, you have that winning mindset when you get out on the court, and we'll look forward to seeing you in a few weeks here in Winnipeg for the first annual Morris Lukowicz Rocks and Jocks Golf Tournament. Thanks for jumping on today. Okay, thanks. Hustler. All right, great stuff with uh, Morris Lukowicz. I know a uh, childhood favorite of our next guest, Mike McIntyre, teed up, going to join us right away. Uh, before that, do you do want to thank uh, Culligan Water for their great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk? Culligan Water, family-owned for over 65 years in business as the water experts in Winnipeg and southern Manitoba. Water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, drinking water systems, citywide water delivery services, and commercial and industrial water products and solutions available. Whether it's for the home, the cottage, or the office, Culligan's got you covered. Pop down and visit them at 1200 Sergeant Avenue. Give them a call at 694-5180 or check them out online at Drink 
CulliganCulligan.com. Uh, the gang at Royal Sports, ready for the upcoming NFL season. We're going to talk NFL with Feinberg in a few minutes. Of course, they got draft hats, jerseys, and so much more. Royal Sports, as any fan knows, is the headquarters for the best selection of licensed merchandise from around the sports world. But so much more than that at the Royal Sports Superstore. Tons of cool stuff on the King Skate, Snow, and Surf side. And the biggest hockey department in town. Tons of bikes, soccer, baseball, um, and so much more. Not to mention tennis, disc golf, some great summer activities. Pop on down to Royal Sports. Get ready for the upcoming season and make the most of summer. And, of course, follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. Uh, the gang of Breezy Bend are very excited for the upcoming Canadian Women's Mid-Am and Senior Championships coming to Breezy. I uh, got a chance to head out on the weekend with some of the fellas, and my God, is the course in absolutely mint shape. Uh, the one thing, the weather has sort of sucked at times this summer, but man, has it made the golf courses beautiful, and Breezy is in absolutely pristine condition, getting ready to welcome some of the best women golfers in the province. If you're thinking about a long-term home for you and your family on the golf course, talk to our friend Corey Johnson of getting on the waiting list at Breezy for next season and find out more on everything that Breezy has to offer online at breezybend.ca. And a big cheers to our friends Nick and Nikki over at the Nick and Nikki DQ. Uh, that dinosaur cake for little Evan's birthday on the weekend was a big hit. And of course, if you've got a need for a DQ cake for any sort of gathering, the Nick and Nikki DQ group have you covered. Hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. They can get your cake customized as you like it, ready for a quick and easy pickup at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs, which of course is DQ Northgate, DQ Niverville, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. And whether you need a cake or not, you definitely need to trip around there these next few days to take advantage of summer. It's blizzard weather, amazing summer blizzard favors available, flavors available, and of course, those delicious stack burgers. Uh, three Winnipeg locations also available right now for delivery service options at Skip the Dishes and DoorDash. All right, let's welcome in Mike McIntyre to the program before he heads off to the Twin Cities. Mike, you were uh, just saying before we jumped on that uh, old Luke was your guy as a kid, cutting your teeth as a hockey fan down at the old barn. Yeah, I think I was like seven, 1982, when I went to my first Jets game. My dad, uh, My dad took me and I uh, kind of encouraged me to pick a favorite player. I didn't really know anybody on the on the team at that point, and Morris Lukowicz was my guy. I I think I had gotten a hockey card of his and sort of familiarity in that sense. Uh, and then, yeah, watching my hockey card come to life on the ice in front of me, I, I became a big Morris Lukowicz fan. And you know, Hus, if you had told a seven year old Mike McIntyre back in 1982 that one day you will follow. Morris Lukowicz on Winnipeg Sport Talk on YouTube and podcasts. Uh, well, seven-year-old Mike McIntyre probably would have said, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> no doubt. It's not, uh, uh, you know, that's going to be a real neat event for, uh, yeah. uh, for, uh, for Morris and the gang putting on that tournament and a uh, really cool, they're doing it in support of the Ab, Ab McDonald foundation, uh, which helps those in need out in the Weston area. Um, listen, I want to get to actually to talk about your weekend coming up, the excitement around the Jays and the Canadian invasion that inevitably is going to happen and the Bombers as well. Uh, but Remo and I were talking at the start. 
as much as we could about the Jets right now because it has been very eerily quiet around the Jets and the rest of the National Hockey League. Mike, let me just ask you, what do you make of uh, the situation the team is in right now? Um, and are you hearing that are things happening behind the scenes right now? Uh, I, I'm sort of torn whether I think that Kevin Sheveldayoff has some deals on the table that they could take that they just don't think that are good enough or are we in a situation right now that with the flat cap and the situation that many other teams are in, making deals is just so difficult right now that the Winnipeg Jets are feeling that they're better off holding on to the cards that they have as opposed to maybe making a deal that they don't feel helps them win hockey games next year. Yeah, the old uh, the devil you know versus the one you don't, right? I mean, a big part of me still thinks that this is the the calm before the storm, because we've all kind of been waiting for a storm when it comes to the Jets and, and a, you know, a shakeup when it comes to a trade or trades. Um, I think the, the free agent, you know, ship has sailed. Any thought that the Jets were going to be big players? I, I never really thought they were going to be big players in free agency. I, I thought if there was going to be a splash this summer, it would be likely the trade market. Um, and so, you know, most of the big names are off the free agent board. And those that remain, I don't expect the Jets are, are in. You know, we've heard uh, Kenny Weeb reported, I think, last week that a guy like Danton Heinen was somebody the Jets took a run at. There's been a few others as well. Not big, splashy names, but depth pieces that, that the Jets look to add. And for whatever reason, whether they, they got outbid or in the case of Heinen, I, I don't think they got outbid. They just lost out to a guy who chose to go back to the same thing we were just talking about, the devil he knows, and that's the, the Penguins, and who wouldn't want to play with Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and company for another few years. So, you know, the Jets, that tells me that they realize that there's still work to be done on this roster, but uh, I don't know if there is going to be the storm coming at any point in time or if running it back is kind of now the the next best plan, and it may not have been what they originally intended to do this summer, but if Kevin Shoveldayoff doesn't like what others are trying to sell him in terms of the return, um, I think you're right, Haas, that this is a situation, at least up until today, where he's decided better to go with what you know, better to stand pat than, than you know, desperately make a mistake that comes back to bite you. Now, it's going to be a tough sell for this fan base. There's no question about it. And I'm sure you've noticed, just as I and many others have, the Jets are doing a pretty aggressive marketing campaign right now for season ticket packages, you know, um, mini packs and whatnot. They have to sell tickets in this market. And that's something they didn't have to do for the first decade that, that they were back. But we saw last year, they didn't have a single sellout. And yes, there were all kinds of reasons for that, um, you know, beyond their control, certainly the global pandemic and the financial toll that it took on many. But I would say the play of the team and, Anger that at times bordered on apathy, I think, from certain members of the fan base. And that's something that they are acutely aware of. And, you know, they got to sell tickets. And I don't think there's been anything happen this summer. No offense to Rick Bonus and, you know, the 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 Kyle Stenland and, um, you know, the, the number of depth guys. Most Capo likely. Bianco? That, Capo that, that, Bianco? That didn't, that was, that didn't uh, line them up? Yeah. Um, Alex Limoges, I mean, those guys, maybe they'll sell some tickets on the Manitoba Moose. They're not really moving the needle when it comes to the Jets. And 
I think there's a real sense of disappointment from a large contingent of the fan base that have seen other markets get real excited, get rejuvenated with moves. And yes, I mean, we have to remember for every big splash a team makes, they probably lost some key players as well. But, you know, when we're talking losses, Huss, like the Jets piled up a lot of losses last year. They didn't have enough wins to make the playoffs. And their roster today, I don't think anybody could argue that the roster is stronger today than it was at the end of the season. In fact, I would argue it's weaker. They don't have Paul Stasny on the roster that was, you know, a, a, a top six, top nine player. And I suppose they hope that they've been replaced him internally, maybe Cole Perfetti, you know, who obviously wasn't playing at the end of last season. But, you know, you look at what they've lost and even going back to the trade deadline and Andrew Kopp, yeah, they brought Morgan Barron in and he he impressed in, in some, some of his showings. But I think when you look at where the Jets were when last season started and even where they were at the trade deadline to where they are now, um, they're going to be counting on a whole lot of internal development and, and growth if they're going to achieve success. And I mean, I think that starts with the blue line. I just wonder, Huss, you and I have talked at length about the blue line. Like every time they sign a, a, another RFA, you know, Kovacevic, Gavonki, these guys all now have to pass through waivers. There's no room for them if the Jets are running it back with all the same defensemen. Are they really willing to risk losing Johnny Kovacevic or Leon Gavonke uh, on waivers because they've got a guy holding down a spot? And I mean, if, if you were asked that question today, I guess the answer is, well, yes. They're not going to carry nine or ten defensemen on the roster. Uh, there's a log jam there, and I don't know how they're getting out of it. You know, Mike, when it comes to free agents, and you mentioned Paul Stastny, um, I have to ask, he is still unsigned. Yeah. Do you think that there's any chance that the Jets circle back and are able to get something done with Paul Stastny? I mean, I really think that he, in a lot of ways, is sort of the conscience of the team, and especially with the uncertainty about Blake Wheeler's position, if he's going to be here, if he is here, is he still the captain? Um, you know, with all of that dynamic within the room, I mean, to me, Paul Stastny, not only did he have a 20-goal season, was a very effective player on the ice, but, I mean, I, I personally think that he's so important to the club. Uh, it, it might be worth upping an offer or going back to that. I mean, uh, do you think the ship has sailed on Paul Stastny, or is there a possibility that he could still be in the mix for next year? Stastny's so interesting, because to me, he's almost the canary in the coal mine when it comes to the current state of the franchise. And Going back to free agent day a few weeks ago, I actually flat out asked Kevin Chevaldeoff that day. I said, you know, Paul Stasny made it clear at the end of last year that he would be willing to look at, at re-upping here, but he he spelled out what's important to him and he would have to look at where a team is. You know, he wants to win. He doesn't have a whole lot of years left, right? Uh, this next contract might be his last contract. So I said to Kevin Shoveldayoff, you know, you're up here telling us you think you have a team that, that could be a winner. If Paul Stasny doesn't want to re-sign here, like, what does that kind of say about maybe how others perceive the Winnipeg Jets? And a guy like Paul Stasny, who's lived the experience here in Winnipeg, who has twice waived his, his no trade. So you can't say that Paul Stasny doesn't think favorably of Winnipeg. 
He thinks so favorably of Winnipeg. He's done what almost no other player has done, and that's wave a no trade to come here twice. But if he doesn't buy what Devil Day Off and company are selling, that's a pretty stunning, you know, rejection to me of where the Jets are. And I would have to think it would prompt True North to say, well, maybe we're not as good as we think we are if we can't even convince Paul Stasny that it's worth another round. And so, Huss, I don't think money is going to be the, the, the bottom line here for Paul Stasny. I really don't. And in fact, I could see a guy like Stasny accepting less than what the Jets might be willing to pay him if a team, let's say Colorado, which decides, okay, we, we didn't re-sign Nazem Kadri, uh, but we have very limited money to play with. Paul Stasny, there's obviously connection to Colorado. Like, would he take less money to go play for the Avalanche? I don't see why not. I mean, there's a team, they just won the cup and, you know, they're going to try and take another run this, this year. And they got obviously even without Nazem Kadri, they got a real good foundation there. So to me, I mean, I'm sure the Jets would love to get Paul Stasny back. I'm just not so sure Stasny is sold on the Jets. And going back to what I said a few minutes ago, what has the team done to convince Paul Stasny that this is a team worth maybe spending his last year as an NHL pro with. And I make the same broader point. Uh, I wrote the column a couple of weeks ago, but, but Pierre-Luc Dubois, what have the Jets done in the last few months to convince Pierre-Luc Dubois that this is a team worth, now it's a bit of a chicken in the egg. You could say, well, if Dubois were to sign here, then they've done something substantial. But there's a lot of guys, I think, that are saying, well, you got to show me that you're serious. And I don't know that the Jets have done nearly enough this summer to really make that case to anybody. Well, and I'll go one further. What about Mark Shifley? The last time we heard from Mark Shifley, he, and God knows we talked a lot about it, and I, like many people, weren't very impressed with what we heard from Shifley, but the bottom line is he said he needed to see <laughs> the direction of this team's going. Well, what's he seen so right. far this offseason? Now, I don't think he was very committed last year, and I think he was part of the problem, to be honest with you. And he's such an important player and such a talented player that I think that had a real effect on the team. But, I mean, if they're coming back hoping that they are going to run it back and things are going to be better with Mark Shifley, um, I do have to wonder aloud if some of the things that he said very publicly at the end of the season, if any of that has happened, other than the fact that maybe he's got a head coach that he can come in and he'll actually, um, you know, try to try to do what the coach is preaching um, for the betterment of the team because I don't think that happened under Dave Lowry. Right, and, and you know, we we maybe have put Mark Shifley on the back burner a little bit, but let's not forget that he's a UFA in two years, and that means that this time next summer, we're going to be having all kinds of talk, assuming that he doesn't re-up on a long-term extension, about what to do with Mark Shifley, because are you running into now his final year where he could then walk for nothing or are you moving him? And I'll add another name to that list, Mr. Connor Hellebuck, uh, who's a UFA in two years from now and was one of the most frustrated players at the end of last season with where things went. And from everything we've heard, I think Elliot Friedman reported that, that Hellebuck has told the Jets, no, I'm not asking to be traded right now if we're kind of serious about winning. And so I, I just wonder if you were to, you know, get whether it's Dubois, Shifley, Hellebuck, Paul Stasny, the fan base, 
get them all together in a room. I mean, have the Jets made a compelling case to any of them that that things are going to be better this year with the few changes that they've made? And I, I mean, hope is not a plan. And I just get the sense right now that's kind of the Jets' plan. They're hoping that bringing all these guys back, and we've heard lots of talk, Huss, lots of talk this summer about chips on shoulders. The Jets should be sponsored by Old Dutch or Lay's with how many <laughs> chips are out there. There's a lot of chips on a lot of shoulders, we're told. And apparently that's going to be enough, just the 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 anger over how last season played out, that bringing kind of everybody back, save for maybe a few changes, that all those collective chips on shoulders is going to motivate this group to to do a lot better. And I don't know. I mean, again, you look at last year, Pierre-Luc Dubois had a career year. Kyle Connor had a career year. Um, Mark Scheifele, for all his faults, was still a point-of-game player. Blake Wheeler was still almost a point-of-game player. Are you getting more from Blake Wheeler this year, another year older? I doubt it. Um, so, like, I don't know what kind of of – truth there is to the idea that you could bring this group back and expect different results or better results and you know yes you got a new voice behind the bench and but Rick Bonus is going to have to really work wonders if he's going to be basically having all the same tools in the toolbox that Dave Lowry and Paul Maurice had, and they weren't able to make hay with that group. Well, the thing was, I mean, we talked about the offensive uh performances by a number of players, and you're exactly right. Uh, but I think everyone would agree that the Jets defensively were a disaster. And Connor Hellebuck's been through that before, and, and he stood on his head, and he's won some games for them. But I would imagine that if there is the real belief that Rick Bonus can come in and get a buy-in from this team and turn and do some of the things that he did in Dallas, that you could have better results with a very yeah. similar lineup. I mean, I see Lowry's right hand in sh- in, uh, in chat says, Scheif was practicing with JMO in Calgary. He's having a career year. You heard it first. And then the, uh, the troll poet laureate, I believe, said that, hey, Calgary didn't do much last year. Uh, look what Sutter, Sutter did. Go bonus. I mean, I guess there is the possibility that this comes down to a real bet on Rick bonus that he can do the job that neither Paul Maurice or Dave Lowry was able to do last year and get this team to buy in. I would suggest that that's probably easier to do if there is a bit of a shakeup within the roster. Um, But as of right now, that's not the case. The other part of it is Mike, with the players that are left, like Travis Yost just had the uh, the the depth chart, chart on the right side. He's been doing these pieces, after, you know, comparing teams position by position through the league. And I mean, right now you've got Blake Wheeler, big question mark. You got Mason Appleton. You've got Cole Perfetti, who's never played a full season, right. and you've got Christian Reichel in that spot. Who, listen, I mean, I think with all due respect to Reichel, I mean, he's certainly a depth player. I mean, could potentially be used when called upon. But I don't think the plan is going in that he is that 12th, that, you know, a a regular in the top 12 right now, which does suggest that, you know, whether it is picking up some scraps from the UFA list uh, or making some sort of a deal. I mean, we focus in on a lot of the big names, regardless of those guys, especially up front. There is a real need to add a couple more NHL bodies to the mix. For sure. And I, I I look especially at the bottom six of the Jets, and I really wonder, Huss, like, do they have enough offensive punch to to compete? 
with the heavyweights of the league. I mean, you look at the best teams in the league, the Tampas and the Colorados and, you know, even the Torontos, uh, the Floridas, like they're running out really talented third and even in some cases fourth lines. And uh, the Jets didn't score enough from their bottom six last year. And I, I suggest with the loss of a guy like Paul Stasny, you know, you've taken another hit. And, and even Andrew Kopp, if you want to go back to the trade deadline, like is Morgan Barron and whether it's David Gustafson or Christian Reichel or, you know, Cole Perfetti. But I think Cole Perfetti is going to be in their top six. I just wonder, like, do they have enough? And that's why decisions like letting Evgeny Svechnikov, who hasn't signed with any other team yet, kind of curiously enough. But, you know, the Jets, they lost Veselainen. They lost Svechnikov. Um, even guys like, you know, um, Austin Pagansky, who was here for a cup of coffee last year and was playing on the third line, like they've lost some depth pieces and I don't know that they've replaced them. And that's why I do think that Kevin Chevaldeoff still has some potential moves up his sleeve, you know, and, and he took a run at a guy like Danton Heinen, who probably would have been a real nice fit on a third line for the Jets. There are still some guys out there for sure. You look at the list, Sonny Milano is a really interesting piece. And he's a guy who's, you know, a real playmaker. Like, wonder if he could be a fit. I had put his name on a list, you know, weeks ago as somebody I thought the Jets could look at. Same with a guy like Evan Rodriguez, who was also with the Penguins and is still kind of, I guess, weighing his options. Has And he signed. shoots right. He does, <laughs> which is something the Jets do not have nearly enough of. That's for sure. And that was a real issue last year, Huss, that they didn't have enough right shots on this team. And again, they haven't really addressed that. So, yeah, I mean, you know, there's some guys out there. Even a, an interesting name that I've seen some people throw out is Tyler Mott. Um, you know, maybe not a whole lot of offense there to Tyler Mott, but there is the interesting connection to Kyle Connor. Tyler Mott and Kyle Connor were part of you know, one of the best lines, the CCM line in in college hockey that had come along uh, along with JT Comfer. Um, you know, so. There's some names out there for sure, and the Jets have some cap space um, that I have to think they're going to try and use up. Like, if they go into this season and not only run it back, Huss, but have ample cap space, like, that is really sending a, a puzzling message to the rest of the team and the fan base that we had money to spend and we didn't even see fit to spend it. Um well, the one thing I will say is having that cap space, I mean, spending it for the sake of spending it right now is a fool's operation sure. because the value of cap space, and we're going to see it. I think there's still seven teams that are over the cap right now. So, uh, I mean, the fact that the Winnipeg Jets have that cap space, that could very well be part of the plan, knowing that that will be more of an asset as you get closer to the regular season. And maybe the Winnipeg Jets will be able to solve a problem or two utilizing right. that because of the needs of other teams. And Lowry's right hand says, we have to stay optimistic, Huss. It's not all bad. Tony Fina won back-to-back. You know I'm still on a high from that, Lowry's right hand. Um, but you know what? I mean, I'm with that. I mean, listen, I, I think most people know me. I'm going to be fired up when things get going. I'm going to be excited for the season. And I'll be hoping for the best. Um, but I mean, I would love to be sitting here talking about, you know, throughout the month of August, right. Hey, these are the things that have happened. This is why we are going to see a better season and give people and talk about some of the reasons that 
we have to look forward to it. And unfortunately, that really hasn't been the case so far. Maybe that'll ha- I'm expecting something huge to happen when I take my first day off since September. Uh, well, <laughs> well, let me tell you, Hus, uh, it's not for lack of trying on, on the part of myself and even my fellow hockey scribes here in Winnipeg. We've been doing everything we can to try and kind of jinx ourselves into something happening. Yesterday being a prime example, when myself, Scotty Billick, Kenny Weeb, Jason Bell, we were all out at Granite Hills with very poor uh, reception. And we were all kind of joking that, well, if ever there is a day to make a big trade, it's going to be this day when we're all kind of out in the middle of nowhere and would have had a real tough time. And of course, nothing ended up happening, but uh, we gave it the old college try anyways. Mike, uh, hey, just quickly moving over to the Bombers. You mentioned growing up and, you know, seeing Morris Lukowicz back and that would have been the 80s last time the Bombers were, you know, a consistent championship team. Um, I I watched that game again the other day from Saturday night. Um, It's hard to imagine, you know, you can still be surprised and further impressed by a team that has done what they've done the last couple of years. But I have to say, that performance that this team put on in Calgary against a Hungry Stamps team coming off a bye uh, was right up there with the best performances we've seen from the Bombers over the course of this incredible three-year run. Uh, What Mike O'Shea has built, along with Kyle Walters and Wade Miller, organization down, is is phenomenal. It seems almost unbelievable. Like There's pinch-me moments still for Bomber fans, even after these two great cups. Uh, and then you see the performances of guy like Dalton Schoen coming in, guys that were mixing in for Jackson Jeffcoat. Um, you lose uh, superlatives to describe how much and how far this team has come. Um, and now going into these games against the Montreal Alouettes uh, tomorrow in Montreal and then back here next Thursday, um, they've already had their best start since 1960. Uh, it's hard to imagine, but this team still does actually keep raising the bar. They really do. And, you know, the culture that has been built in that organization is uh, is the kind of thing that I think every sports franchise in every sport dreams about and talks about, but very, very, very few actually ever get there. And the Bombers, you know, to their credit, they've found the winning formula, the the magic potion, if you will. And, you know, it certainly starts at the top with what the so-called Canadian mafia has has been able to do um and you know I think it 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 trickles down into the locker room and you know I had a few people talk to me over the last few weeks about what they've seen from the bombers like outsiders and they point to guys like Willie Jefferson Adam Big Hill about how these guys are so competitive they would never let complacency um or comfort Um, seep into that room like they are so self-motivated and you know when you have leaders like they do both on the field and and in management and in coaching uh, I guess it's not a real shock that that they've been able to do what they do but still I mean week in week out and the Bombers have been dealt you know one hell of a tough hand when it comes to the schedule here like they should be running on fumes right now and and they've got a number of key guys out of the lineup you know, they could put their feet up a little bit. Take the foot off. They haven't. And if anything, like you said, Calgary last week, that was their best game of the year. In a game that I think maybe a lot of us thought 
not a trap game because I, I hate to call it a trap game against a really good team like Calgary. But if ever there was going to be a game where they were maybe due, it was that one. And in fact, the opposite happened. They they took it to another level or 10. Uh, and so heading into you know Montreal now, you think, okay, well, maybe this is the week where they finally kind of exhale and things unravel a bit. But I don't know. I mean, everything I hear, everything I see from this team, it's not in their DNA. And, you know, all I can say is to to Winnipeg sports fans, like, you, soak up what you have in this team. Like, this doesn't come along very often in any sport. And, you know, this is a dynasty in the making. And these guys are a lot of fun. They're an easy team to kind of root for and get behind. Doesn't seem to be a lot of ego or you know, inflated sense of worth. These guys just go to work every week, get the job done. And what more could you ask for? If you're a Winnipeg sports fan, like this is the dream scenario. And uh, Haas, I've had a lot of people suggest maybe True North should be kind of hitting up the, the football club for some tips on what they've been able to do because we'd love to see that rub off on the Jets. Uh, from what the Bombers have. There's no doubt about that. I mean, they're the class of the Canadian Football League right now and the culture that they have built and the commitment that they have from the players, the connection they've got to the fan base um, is something that I imagine that downtown they're looking at and um, and admiring. Have a great time with uh, probably, what, five, five, six, 7,000 Manitobans down at the ballpark for this Jays Twin Series? I tweeted out the other day just asking, you know, curious how many of my followers were maybe heading down. I couldn't believe the responses, like hundreds of people, people saying, yeah, I'm going to be on a bus with 35 other people. And it's going to be, this is really the first time in like three years that folks have been able to do what was kind of an annual trip for folks. Perfect storm. You got a great, you know, summer weekend, great weather forecast in the Twin Cities. And two real good baseball teams. The Twins are really good this year. They're they're leading the division. The Jays are right there as well. Could be a great time. Uh, looking forward to it. Have a great weekend, and I will look forward to hearing all about it next week, Mike. Bad Haas. Take care. There it is. Mike McIntyre, the Winnipeg Free Press. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Mike McIntyre. And, uh, of course, read all of his work at the Winnipeg Free Press. All right, Feinberg's teed up. We're going to get him on in just a second. Uh, before we do that, a big shout out to... Uh, our friends at Canadian Club, big summer weekend coming up. As Mike just mentioned, if you haven't tried the new ready-to-drink Canadian Club and ginger ale, what are you waiting for? Conveniently packaged, ready to go in six packs at your local beer store or your favorite Manitoba liquor mart. Get in with that. And, of course, the great taste of Canadian Club always makes that summer taste a little bit better. Canadian Club products and the entire Beam Suntory family available at your local Manitoba Liquor Mart. And, of course, Valor FC game tonight. Valor FC on the weekend as well. Congratulations, by the way, to our winners from yesterday for the tickets. You can also grab CC and Ginger and Canadian Club at all IG Field events as they are the official sponsor of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Hey, thinking about a spot to go and watch the game tomorrow night? Boston Pizza, obviously, conveniently located all around the city and province. BP Sports Bars are the place to go for Blue Bomber football. Watch the big game on the big screens with big sound and enjoy the amazing summer menu featuring pizza flights are back as well as carnitas, tacos, and pizzas. And if you're staying home tomorrow, check out their game day deals and order online at bostonpizza.com. Okay, 
Coming up a few minutes later, uh, we will get to our Cineboy Downs picks, Cool Bet Canada as well. Uh, and of course, a big thanks to our friends. Speaking of the Bombers, we got, what, eight days before we're back at IG Field? But we'll get there a little earlier because, of course, Princess Auto is the spot before the game with the Princess Auto tailgate party, $5 beers, $3.50 hot dogs and pop, DJ Finesse spinning, prizes from the Princess Auto crew. That's how you start game day with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and Princess Auto. And hey, Princess Auto, of course, is the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start the something new is at Princess Auto. Two Winnipeg locations, Panet Road, Portage Avenue West, and you can always shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. All right, lots to get to with Feinberg today on the program. Jeff joins us now. What's going on, boss? How you doing? Oh, Hustler. Uh, got 18 in this morning. Walk nine, which, okay, roll your eyes. But with the leg, that is a, um, that's a move. That's a move. So yeah, happy. That's an accomplishment. So I was happy to do that. With my yeah, life. well, you had the surgery before. I mean, I know you've been getting around slowly but surely. But uh, that's solid. That's that's a big breakthrough for you to uh, be able to walk nine on the wheel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, walk the front, cart the back. Uh, you know. Yeah, there's a couple like a moment, but either way, yeah. No, you got to keep on keeping on getting that wheel. Uh, back work and it's just these beautiful overcast conditions had to like get out and, and walk couldn't could it not um uh, listen i want to talk nfl with you because we're now getting into future season fantasy football drafts and more but of course we always love talking golf with you and before we talk about any live topics how about our guy tony tony finau back to back bow huss. oh my god it felt so good to watch it. and the way he did it dude i mean i think he had what two bogeys in two weeks this is the tony fina we always knew was capable what do you think this does for him winning the northern trust last year i think was huge because of the field that he was in and yeah we can talk about that these weren't the deepest fields this wasn't major-esque but still a lot of top players cantley was in on the weekend um what do you think this does for tony it the rest of the lie. season and going forward it does a lot because I still believe the greatest things are possible for him. Hustler, I'm one of those crazies that as it was happening again, literally went to bet the 50 to one to win the Masters that have now like dropped to the 30s. Now, it'd be so stupid because a slow, a slow start to next year in a full field event on the in a strong event like the Masters, it'll go right back to 50. But um, it'll do everything. It's now it's now four career PGA wins which is not a number to laugh at. It's like maybe like one away from tying Ricky Fowler, uh, you know, um, and I think bigger ones are coming. So I think it's not going to be a surprise for him to win next year and we'll be at a full five. Maybe he keeps it going to the FedEx cup. It's been a year of guys getting hot and winning. Um, congratulations to you. You rolled over your Minnesota Tony into Detroit Tony even in the face of like, you just like cash Tony and run. Like who would want to do that? Imagine it from my end, Huss. You know, I bet Tony, I do videos for, for Mayo. I do content for Odds Checker. I give them my picks all the time. And when I bet Tony, sometimes I'm like, please don't make him the picture of the article that I have to post on Twitter because then people just chirp me without even re like going inside the article to chirp me. 
you know, he's an he's easy, low hanging fruit. But here I am, a Tony Finau stand, much like yourself, did not bet him in either of these events and had a second place Grillo and a second place Pendrith. So I'm like that kid in the GIF who's like being interviewed by the news lady where he's like, he's I'm fine, but I'm crying at the same time. <laughs> but truly, you can see I got a smile on my face because that's how much I love Tony Finau. And to wrap this up, to see him like literally say how proud he is to have like failed for his children to have seen him fail and fail is a loose term coming second on the pga tour you know it's a loose term right fifth place uh, seventh place loose term to call him a failure but disappointment to see him for him to make comments that his children have seen him disappointed and keep trying and keep fighting and never give up and it'll be there for you it's like a beautiful way to get here. It doesn't come as easy like, uh, you know, Jordan Spieth, you know, made it look, you know, starting a career. There's a whole journey. So it, it's a such a great, great, great story. We're fans. We could wax poetic. Um, yeah, people will take shots at the wins, maybe, but I don't care. I think the big ones are still coming as well. Yeah, I uh, certainly hope you're right and can't wait for the FedEx playoffs. We've got the Wyndham this week. Um, I have to ask you about the Live Tour, though, last week. I, I guess Henrik Stenson won. I mean, I, I watched the Pro-Am and then didn't pay much attention once our guy Bryson wasn't uh, wasn't really sniffing around it. But I have to ask you, the optics of that event at the Trump event, I mean, the uh, the, the Trump and Tucker Carlson and uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene <laughs> together, I mean, has the live tour just essentially wrapped their arms? I mean, are they the MAGA tour of America? Uh, or is that just what happens when you have a court, you have an event at Donald Trump's golf course? Listen, I don't know what to make of that. You couldn't imagine they're writing up this league thinking that's the strategy. Because in every interview, when the people that truly want to support live or or, you know, even the Greg Normans, like the first 50 interviews were all about, look at these millions of people that have found golf in the last two, three, five years in non-traditional ways. Your fun, uh, your, your top golfs, your simulator, you know, lounges, what, what, whatever. These are people that have no allegiances to the PGA Tour. That's literally like saying, because me and my wife are going on a couple dates with couples to the bowling alley, like I'm going to start watching the PBA also, Huss. Like, that's a crazy assertion to begin with, but that's like their whole, like there's so many people who love golf that don't care about the PGA Tour stuff, but I'll tell you, at least half of them, they're about, like, yeah, you're trying to Marjorie Taylor Green. Like, it's one thing, it's Trump, it's his course, it's his property, that's bad enough. But to do the whole gamut, I don't know why. I mean, I don't know. Isn't that shooting yourself in the foot? I try to be apolitical, but shouldn't they want to be apolitical? Like, yeah, it's so gonna, polarizing. Like, yeah, the bottom that's line make is people repulsed who are like the anti-Trump. And then there's people who want to get away from politics, from sports, who might even be on that side of the aisle. Be like, this is also crazy. Like, this is ridiculous. Um, yeah. And credit to Stenson. Wouldn't have bet him with someone else's money, uh, despite all the negative negative energy around him. 
and you know saying what you know it's being a Ryder Cup captain is my dream then giving up on that dream for whatever this is I think he's got a feel at least when he puts his head to pillow he made a good decision for himself he just won more like he just won four million bucks in, in a <laughs> tournament but uh, it feels wrong I, I don't know i enjoy talking about live made way more than like watching it i'll watch it for one minute and that's honestly because it's the only place i know where to get a leaderboard so it's like i'll click yeah. on the youtube thing for a moment just to see the leaderboard and then yeah still doesn't have we'll, we'll see i i don't want to hate it a lot of things are happening so it's i don't know Huss, but. well wh one of the other things that's happening um and i'm not sure if you caught this today wall street journal reporting that 11 golfers on the live tour including phil mickelson and bryson DeChambeau, filed an antitrust lawsuit against the pga tour today challenging their suspensions the opening salvo in a legal fight that could reverberate across professional sports. Uh, Gooch, Swafford, Matt Jones also in seeking a temporary restraining order that would allow them to play in the Tours FedEx Cup playoffs. First of all, do you think they have any chance of making this happen? And uh, and what does this say about where they're at right now? Because it seemed like they were pretty happy to leave for the money. And now they want to come back for FedEx Cup playoffs. I mean, I don't, I was shocked when I heard this. Yeah, there's there's so much to really un unpack here. Um, you know, you got your money, you got your handouts, you want to play less. Now you want to have your cake and eat it too. I think the PGA Tour has every right to tell the deserters to buzz off, at least in this landscape. Maybe in a year, maybe in two years. If they need to bend the knee, they'll bend the knee then, as will live. If golfers will probably bend the knee to come back if there's no more live. Um, but I don't know. This is really strange to me. You, you took the money. You didn't really want to be part of it. And the players have to pay for this lawsuit. And people combat that by saying, yeah, well, when someone sues our government, we all have to pay. Well, that is, I would say that's a bit of a stretch. Look at this as more like a homeowners association. Like if someone sues your condo, you're all your like three, four, 300 tenants are in on the pan for these legal fees. That's what Justin Thomas means when he says when they sue this thing, they're suing me, they're suing Rory, they're suing their friends. Like they didn't get enough in leaving. I get they're trying to like hold the legal standard of anti trust, but I would argue. Coke is every right. Like if you want to be a Coke sponsor and then go do something for Sprite, they'll probably let you. They're owned by the same people, they're partners. But if you go work for Pepsi, Coke's allowed to say you're not allowed at the Christmas party. Like you're not allowed <laughs> at the Christmas party. You work for Pepsi now and we're not friends. Oh, it, it just seems like this is never ending. And hey, it's fun for sports talk. It it's certainly very interesting. More entertaining than the live golf. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you can argue, could it be more entertaining than some PGA golf? But here we are. Hey, hey uh, just before we uh, we move on to uh, some NFL, uh, who are you on this week? Is this the week where Willie Z finally gets his win? That would be nice. But do you want to bet Willie Z when, like, long iron means nothing? Right? When, like, David, out of course, Davis Love won here, so it shows the wild card aspect. I like... Give me Kids won last year. Yeah, and Willie Z can win, and you won't feel like like that's it's bound to happen. But give me Willie Z in the FedEx Cup with everybody and, and at a stronger number. In this, you know, 
that's how I, I look at that aspect, Huss. I'm on the Canadian Corey Connors. And I got a 28 to 1 early in the week. I'm on Harold Varner at 40, Adam Scott at 40, Ty Hatton at 40. I mean, what's the point of going higher? Do you know the last like triple digit winner on tour this year was KH Lee the week before the PGA Championship? Yep. The yep. PGA Championship. And who had the stones? I don't know anybody who bet Billy Horschel pre-tournament at, at Memorial to cash that 60 to 1. So that's been the only thing I think JT Poston at John Deere's a bit of a asterisk because John Deere, like everyone, was bad, but I'll give that its respect. I have a lot of friends who cash that ticket. So it just feels like good players are winning golf tournaments and they're not that good players. You're almost donating. I got guys who are just long shot guys and they're getting like roasted hustler. Well, like they're getting <laughs> obliterated this season right now. Yeah, there has not been uh there's not been very many of those big numbers um sniffing around on Sunday and certainly not eventually cashing the she- check. Jeff Feinberg is with us. You can uh check out all of his content at the Mayo Media Network along with Pat Mayo and of course our pal Tim Anderson. Of course, check out his golf content weekly for Odds Checker. Uh, one of the other things that you will be doing with Pat and Tim is getting after it because NFL season is just around the corner. Um, I want to ask you about a couple of futures, but is there anything that proves Bill Belichick is more of the ultimate mastermind in the history, maybe not just of football, but of professional sports, than a apparent accidental text to Brian Flores starts the chain reaction of him leaving the Miami Dolphins, accusing the Dolphins of impropriety, and lo and behold, what happens? The Patriots division rival loses their first-round pick next season and another third-rounder. I mean, you couldn't even make this stuff up. It is such an incredible story. Like, the (laughs) dazzling way in which, yeah, it kind of the germ of all of it is Bill Belichick texting the wrong Brian. A story we adored over the winter. And then the like that's the genesis of it. And then now we're here and it's the Dolphins losing those picks. Now, a lot of people who are truly, you know, the insiders feel that they don't want to find the Dolphins guilty of the Flores accusations because there's a big lawsuit going on there. So to penalize the Dolphins for that would then give Flores legally so much ammo for a legal case that we'll just really penalize the Dolphins for something they did. Um, but we're going to get into like the full enchilada here. So it's going to, you know, people, they're an intriguing team. I'm excited about them, Huss. But what if like, it's almost another unfair to Tua situation in the sense that if the Dolphins aren't good, they don't have their first round pick. It's supposed to be a great QB draft. They lose this ammo to go make a trade up. The reason they won't be good, if you look at the roster, would be Tua. People are going to blame him for things that aren't even his fault, despite being blamed for the things that are actually potentially going to be his fault. What a team to watch this year, though, with the coach and the offense. I'm so intrigued. They hit their floor. I'm not surprised. They hit their ceiling. Not surprised. Yeah, the the two and on uh, two and on folks are uh, ready for the season. He's got Tyreek Hill, he's got Jalen Waddle. It's time to show and prove. And you're exactly right. If it goes south and they realize that they need a new QB, the loss of that pick next year in the first round could absolutely be devastating to the Dolphins. 
And it will be. They still own the 49er <laughs> first-round pick, but by all accounts, the 49er first-round pick should be that of, you know, not enough to do the maneuvering that it will probably take. And what, what as we sit here in August, and I'm not a college football savant, everyone appears to be talking about is going to be an excellent quarterback draft. You know, people like giving the Lions so much credit for getting picks and, you know, it'll be one more year with golf and they'll go do their thing uh, perfectly timed with their roster peaking. Who knows? But yeah, it'll be a huge blow, but hopefully the Dolphins for their sake are good and they'll, 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 they'll get over it. But I, I wouldn't get over my team losing a first round pick easily. Oh my. Well, I mean, you say you'd rather have your owner walk the plank yeah. than lose that first round I, pick. What do I care. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather the owner be kicked out of the league than see my team surrender a first round pick. And like, to some of these GMs, they value that first round pick more than their firstborn child. So I mean, they're so valuable. Like, if you put a cash value on a first-round pick, flirting with like eight, ten million bucks, maybe. Yeah, um, well, especially a good one. I mean, there, there's yeah. no doubt. I mean, and and you know, and in a quarterback-rich draft, Jeff Feinberg's with us. Um, I know we'll talk a lot of AFC West closer to the season because that really is the show in the National Football League this year. But uh, we were talking off air. You're pretty, uh, pretty high on the Vikes. I'm sure that'll make some people uh, happy around here. Why? Uh, Justin Jefferson, why in on the Vikings and some preseason bets on Minnesota? Yeah, so I have really invested in on the Vikings this year in the NFL futures market, Hustler. Uh, you know, almost started with taking in some Warren Sharp content where he was so high on the Vikings. So, I, you know, uh, there's playoff spots to be had in that NFC. And there's so much noise everywhere around football. But there hasn't been a peep out of Minnesota. Like, at least in the rumors, storyline, buzz, new coach. Seems like everything is quietly going well there. I love this Shanahan-McVay coaching tree he comes from. That's the long shot. The 45-1 to to win the Super Bowl because there's spots available in the NFC. That's like the pipe dream. That's a nibble. But I'm in on the Vikings over nine. Um, I am in on the Vikings to win the division. And I put a pretty big a pretty big piece on Justin Jefferson to an offensive player of the year at 24 to 1 about a week and a half ago as well. So I'm quite bullish on the Vikings, who have a not, lot of pieces on defense. And you know, between Cook and the receiving core, I'm a Kirk Cousins apologist. I'm sure everyone is there being like, ah, but Kirk Cousins. Do you really like Kirk Cousins? Way more than people should. I laugh at like people who give David Carr so much credit or Derek. I mix them up. I laugh at people who give Carr so much credit. Like, what's wrong with those people? Like, what do they watch? Well, I'm the reverse. I'm the people that they laugh at out there giving Kirk Cousins like probably way too much credit, Huss. Well, I mean, Jefferson is a phenom. Um, he'll be playing for a brand new contract. He's uh, due for a monster season. And I think you're right. That. Uh, I, I'm fascinated to see what becomes of the of the Packers. I mean, I don't even know what is up with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I still am laughing about his Nick Cage impersonation from uh, uh, that movie, Con Air or whatever, popping into training camp for the first time without Devontae Adams. Um, tons of pressure on Christian Watson, the, uh, the uh, young rookie that they selected out of Fargo at NDSU. Um, and then, I mean, the Bears are a huge question mark. I'm not expecting a big turnaround from them. I think the Lions are going to be a little bit more competitive, but I think I'm with you. I, I don't. I love the the, uh, uh, the optimism on the Vikings, at least in that division. We were talking Patriots before, and Dolphins. Um, I think it's pretty clear that the Bills are the class of the AFC East. 
What do you make of the Pats, Dolphins, and Jets and their prospects going into this season? Well, yeah, it does seem like it's all Buffaloes to lose, and that makes total sense. And I don't know. I, I could see the Jets, like the takeoff year two Wilson. I see the ceiling plays. The one thing I'm willing to put money on in this division, and no, it's not picking on the Dolphins like a lot of people might assume I'd want to because I see a ceiling playing out there. I am here to 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 lay it in front, to stand in front of Bill Belichick and say the dream might be done. I've bet the under eight and a half there, Hustler. I don't like a lot of moves they've made this offseason. To, to question Bill Belichick would be hyper weird to begin with. Um, but a lot of pieces uh, left there to let a player, you know, selfishly goes to the Chargers, J.C. Jackson. The only reason you almost question why he left is because it was Bill Belichick who let him walk and not franchise tag at corner like they've done with so many. But I do see improvement in Miami. I do see improvement with the Jets. I think it's going to be some stagnant situation in New England, if, if maybe even closer to regression. They got Patricia calling the plays. I'm here to say, yeah, it's finally going to be like under 500. Bill Belichick, under eight and a half. I've made the bet. Well, and, and you know, you mentioned that hole in the uh, offensive side of the coaching staff with McDaniel going to uh, to the Raiders. Um, are you buying the Raiders at all? I mean, <laughs> I listen, they've got it all pro receiver in Devontae Adams. They certainly have some better talent. Um but I don't know. I mean, we saw what Josh McDaniels did his first run around as a head coach. Um, yes, he's not installing Tim Tebow as his quarterback with the Raiders. <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, they're in historically one of the best divisions of all time on paper going in. Um, is is this the Raiders time right now in the preseason? Because when the regular season gets reality hits. I would like to think so, and I don't want to be too harsh because I was pretty hard on them last year, and then, you know, they actually got a playoff spot in a competitive AFC, beat the Chargers in a heartbreaking Week 18 game that never should have been in the positions it was in. All that being said, Hustler, the things this team did last year, their one score record, like, was insane. Their wins amount of wins as underdogs, incredible. They They overachieved, in my opinion, so much last year that even if they do the same thing, they could have the same record because they've already overachieved. Um, so these players will make them better, but I think the record could find them in the exact same place, which might have them good enough or are barely good enough or, or just missing. I think they're missing. Well, we'll definitely get you back on the program for some uh, more preseason wagers before we uh kick off in early september but hey just on the way out i know you're a big jays guy uh the trade deadline happened yesterday uh the jays added uh relievers from uh, anthony bass and zach pop from the marlins uh a starting pitcher or long reliever mitchell white from the dodgers and uh my old buddy whit merrifield from the royals who of course didn't make the trip to toronto because he hadn't got the shot yet um, how's the deadline going over in Toronto? And uh, as a Jays guy, do you think that um, they added enough to be in the mix and be competitive once this team hopefully makes the postseason? You know, you're never satisfied. And if they really wanted to be aggressive for this window, I think I would have accepted it. But I don't know. I give them like a C plus hustler. Uh, uh, but I, I think a lot of Toronto sports fans are insane. So I don't really care what they're 
what they have to say either. But people aren't happy. People the, min- the minute Soto more. didn't come to Toronto, it was a, it was a failure. Yeah, you know, people wanted them to do more, and um, we'll see. Listening to guys like Buster only speak, I think I just we live in this Jay's orbit where we the prospects might not be as touted as as people want. They've made some trades in the last little bit that have taken away from their ability to have done something yesterday. I do believe Rogers is committed to winning. You see what they've done the last uh, off seasons. I think they'll do it again this upcoming off season. I do believe they're committed to winning. I actually, silly enough, maybe I drink too much Kool-Aid. I don't question that. Fine, Brick. This has been a great chat, man. Cannot wait. Uh, are you uh, Tim and Pat back on Mondays uh, doing football content? Are we still in golf season? Now, how's that shaking out? Yeah, so we've started with some football stuff. We did like a big quarterback conversation already. We dropped part one. I can tell you in part two, I get really insulted where he ranks Justin Herbert in a three-year, no-contract, like, future rankings that we did. But I could only stay insulted for about a minute because then I heard where he ranked Josh Allen and we lost our mind. So <laughs> we're up to the same old stuff over there, uh, Huss. I can't wait. Always one of my favorite listens of the week, folks. Make sure you're uh, subscribed to the Mayo Media Network on YouTube and follow Jeff on Twitter at Feinberg 17 for all of the content coming up for both golf and football season. Uh, have a great one. Thanks for popping in, man. Always appreciate it. All the best, Huss. Have a great one. There's Jeff Feinberg. Uh, great stuff to finish up our Wednesday show. Well, not entirely finished up. We do have to get some cool bet lines, and we've got to get our horse picks for Wednesday night at the races. Let's get Remo back in here. And uh, Remo, uh, we sort of got carried away talking Jets and Bombers off the top of the program. I didn't get a chance to ask you about uh, what you thought that the about the Jays' uh, deadline deals, what they did and didn't do. Uh, still optimistic about the Jays? One thing to be optimistic about is that there's way more playoff spots this year. So maybe teams don't need to be as aggressive. I think if you, I agree with Feimer giving them what? C plus getting Anthony Bass and Zach Pop. Whit Merrifield, we're all waiting. Is he going to be able to play home games or not? <laughs> it's They're on it's, a big, long road trip, so it'll work out. If you got the J&J shot yesterday, it'll be 14 days before he can make it into Canada, which will work out i would have to imagine that they would have had a conversation with the player's agent or something like that that he was in to do it and he said before and this i mean as someone that follows a lot of kansas city follows in sports his comments when the jays or when the royals went to toronto did not go over well that you know if he was on a contending team and this was a big issue he would consider it uh, which basically just goes to show how he was feeling there in Kansas City with that horrible Royal squad. I mean, this is a guy that has been a real impact player over the years. This year, he hasn't been that guy, uh, but I have a feeling that, uh, uh, you know, not to get too punny here, but uh, he could be a shot in the arm for the Jays and maybe for his career oh. as well, going uh, going to uh, going to Toronto. Be interesting to see how that all shakes out. Jays, by the way, played this afternoon. Lost a tight one. Kikuchi had a nice start, but uh, the Jays lost 3-2 to the Tampa Bay Rays. And then as we talked about with Mike Reem, uh, it will be an invasion of the ballpark down at Target Field. Uh, I have a feeling uh, that uh, half of Southern Manitoba is going to be there wearing blue, cheering on the Jays between Thursday and Sunday. I always like watching those games on TV. They're always big. Um, you know, when they go to Seattle and all the fans come from Vancouver 
And now a weekend series in Minneapolis. And yeah, you got Alec Manoa leading off on uh, on Thursday against Sunny Gray. Sunny Gray's on Minnesota, man. I've been I've been way out of it in terms of in terms of these baseball uh, transactions here. Hey, but, uh, j- just before we get to the cool bet lines, um, can somebody tell me what the hell has happened in chat for the last twenty minutes? Oh yeah, yeah, I'll tell you. Okay, so I mean, it's clearly, clearly mid August, right? Or mid midsummer, early exactly. August. We're all just hanging out together okay. in the WST chat with hot food so, takes. There's been a lot of food takes. One started it out as a hot dog sandwich. Someone threw that. Always gets thrown. I was like, yeah, we're not having people really make a poll. I'm like, I'm not making a poll. It's not a debate. In between bread and it's a meat and a bread or something in between bread with condiments. Yeah, it's a sandwich. Okay, then we talked about someone's fired off. You guys are talking about golf. Someone's like, golf's not a sport, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, <laughs> like, come on, stop. And then someone's like, make a poll, see what the chat. I'm like, no, no, it's, there's no reason to. I don't need to give validation. Anyone who thinks uh, it's not. And then, we, oh, yeah, someone threw out. The idea about cereal being a soup. And I was like, I've never heard that theory, but I mean, I get, like, I guess, like, I guess. And then we said our potato chips crackers. I wasn't sure about that one. I don't believe so. Yeah. But that, that, you know, the crispers? Yeah. Crispers sort of they're flavored like potato chips, but I think they are crackers. But I mean a Ritz cracker, that's not a potato chip. Yeah. I would oh yeah, so that's where we are. I'm trying to think what else we missed. There's a lot of talk about and then someone's like, Oh, is hunting a sport? And I was like, Yeah. And then it's some there was another one. Some is cheerleading. I'm like, Yeah, I don't know. So well, I'm glad you're all entertaining yourselves today in uh, in the chat, and of course you've had some great guests. Thanks again to Mike and Feinberg, and of course Morris Lukowicz who joined us. All right, let's check out these cool bet lines. Let's get an updated number. Of course, Remo will have these tomorrow for you uh, when I am away, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how much these numbers maybe move as we get closer to game time. Bombers opened up as a six point favorite, went to five. Seems to be pretty steady at five and a half. Bombers laying five and a half in Montreal tomorrow in the opening game of the week in the Canadian Football League. Totals 47 and a half. Bombers on the money line, minus 238. Calgary still five-point favorites against the Ottawa Red Blacks in the Friday game, minus 208 on the money line. Total of 49 and a half. I'm really interested to see what happens in this Hamilton-Argo game. Again, these teams are going to be playing each other for their next five games. Um, but the Argos are at home. I like them to bounce back after that disappointment of handing the Ottawa Red Blacks their first win. Uh, Toronto's a two-point favorite at home against the Ticats. And interestingly enough, I don't know, maybe it was the maybe, maybe it was the fight that the Elks offense and defense had yesterday that's inspiring people for a better performance than the last time they went to BC and got absolutely humiliated. Uh, but they were... A 12-point underdog when this game opened. And uh, right now, it's 10 points. Total, 51.5 out on that fast track at BC Place with Nathan Nate Rourke. By the way, if you haven't already uh, gotten in the Winnipeg Sports Talk DraftKings pool, 
Entries are out. It is open. $3. Top five win. Make sure you get there. Uh, get your lineup in before tomorrow at 630 when the Bombers and Alouettes kick off. And uh, no surprise, the Bombers are the clear-cut favorite for the Grey Cup, sitting at 8-0. and oh, Plus 139 for the Bombers to win it all. BC next up at plus 350. The Calgary Stampeders 5-1. to one. Argos 8-1. to one. Riders 10-1. to one. Alouettes and Hamilton 14 to 1, Ottawa 35 to 1, and the Edmonton Elks 50 to 1. Um, we did talk with Jeff about the upcoming Wyndham Championship. We gave out our picks yesterday on the lock shop, uh, but I sort of teased that. I do think it's Will Zalatoris' <laughs> time to crack the winner's circle. He was 20 to 1 when we were uh, doing the lock shop, he's now 18 to 1. Webb Simpson, 25 to 1, has dominated that course in the past. And Corey Connors, still a great number at Coolbet, 27 to 1 right now. And Coolbet also has numbers on the AIG Women's Open. Can Brooke Henderson win her third major? We'll see. But uh, Brooke, 20 to 1 to win the uh, win, win it. And they've also got some Brooke Henderson props. I have already placed a bet on Brooke Henderson to win at 20 to 1, uh, but a more significant wager on Brooke to be in the top 10, and that is plus 235. There's a head to head bet against Minji Lee, a make the cut bet, as well as uh, more than plus money to place top 20. That's probably some pretty good value as well at plus 102. All there at Cool Bet. Um, use the promo code WST if you haven't played a Cool Bet before. Canada's most transparent sports book will give you a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to 200 bucks with the promo code WST. And hey, here's a little tease for you folks, uh, for you curling fans. Going to be doing a special interview with uh, a familiar face and a new team that will be debuting in the next couple days. Uh, welcoming them to the Cool Bet family and talking about a new look for one of the top teams in curling. Uh, that will be of particular interest to many people here in Winnipeg. So take a look at that. Make sure you're following with, uh, Sports Talk WPG on Twitter. And while I'm away, we'll get that tweeted out. But also give Coolbet Canada a follow, and you can follow on their social channels as well. All right, Reem, you're back. Yeah, did you tell people that I left, or I didn't. I didn't. But you okay, just said so, it was a funny story, so, so I the figured doorbell I would... doorbell rang. And like, fine, I usually don't answer, but sometimes I'm worried it's going to be like a package being left and like someone could steal it. It's happened before. I had someone jacked my Sharpies from my <laughs> from my front door. I go answer the door. The guy from uh, city of Winnipeg asking to do a, a water meter reading. He's, I'm like, I can't do this right now. I'll just send it in. He's like, can I just come in and take a quick look? I'm like, no, but you know, we're doing, we're doing a live show here. Yeah. I can't, I can't do WST, this. WST, come on. If anyone from the city... Is listening. Like you come literally any other time. Not yeah. like not between one to three. One to three. Come any <laughs> other time. I can send it in. I was like, don't you? I don't know. I was like, man, I can't. I can't have you in. I'm. I literally. You, came you, just, you've now been. You've now been red flagged as a very suspicious water meter reading. Uh, that that's going right up to the top. Uh, hopefully, the new mayor doesn't have that on their desk as soon as I they uh, they win the election. I shouldn't have even answered the door. This was on me. I should have just looked out the peephole and just said, um, <laughs> "Sorry, and, can't and, do it right now." I I tried to get the guy to go as quick as possible because I just had the screen on the the lines, and I was like. I was like, dude, 
I can't. I can't do this. He was. He tried to take. He wasn't gonna take no for an answer. But I was well, like, I really can't. You ended up giving him no for an answer. All right, let's finish up the program with uh with our cool bet or actually our Isinaboya Downs picks. A live racing tonight. Beautiful night out. Little windy, but uh, should be a great night for live racing. Of course, huge start to the week with the record breaking derby. Uh, money bet on both the race and the evening. And uh, I've got my picks ready, Remo, so we can, uh, I'll just run through these right now and then you can do yours. I've kind of spread this out between races one to six. Race number one, uh, I'm going with a one-two Quinella, Sins and Wins, an Artesian Dancer. Race number two, I am going uh, on number three to win, Inspiritus, which opened at 10 to one. Race number three, I am going with, uh, I'm putting a bigger bet on the favorite, Daddy's Rare Edition. Going to go five bucks on number six. Uh, race number four, number four, Dazzlin' Mischief, uh, $3 to win. Race number five, I am going with uh, a Quinella 2-4, Sizzlin' Susie and True Kate. And then we're going to do the triactor box on the race number six. We've got a big field of seven horses. And I'm going with a tri-box. I'm kind of, unfortunately, I missed out Zenny. I wouldn't be surprised if Zenny gets in there. But I'm hopefully it's going to be three, six, and seven. La Chica de Fuego, Sista of War, and What Up Now, JT. Those are my picks. Remo, uh, what did we did we were not very good last night at all. What do you have no. in the... Uh, what do you have to try to get us back in the winner's circle? I was over last night. I see a lot of water meter reading comments. Uh, look, I can send it in. I don't need the guy to come down here during the show. I can't. I can't do that. As I, Gregory, as Gregory correctly stated in chat, shout out to the GFL. An accurate water meter reading prevents estimated look, bills. I can go read it and call it in it takes i can do accurately that. i didn't need him to come during the show and i shouldn't have opened the door i just people i don't answer the door anymore i don't have i don't have time people come i'm watching tv and i'm like people can see me through the window watching and i just don't i, I just don't have time i don't know <laughs> or, sorry you're a who father come, who comes to the door who comes to the door anymore ba splits is strange i have never had a water meter guy here in at least five years i don't know maybe you're not home during the day and they just leave the card Maybe maybe you uh, maybe you don't have a suspicious water meter reading, and they don't have to use precious human resources to go to your door in the middle of the day, only to have the door slammed in your face. Yeah, or maybe he saw my name on the thing, got excited, and was a, was a fan. I don't and wanted to come in during the show and interrupt. Anyways, here, here's my horse picks. Uh, sorry, uh, race two. I'm taking uh, Maybella to win five bucks. I like Maybella. I always bet on that horse. Um, What's race, uh, sorry, race seven. I'm doing a Quinella, three, six, $5 Quinella. That's Bomb, Eligato, and Pucker. And then race three, I'm doing a five, six Quinella. That is, he's the chairman, Daddy's Rare Edition. I know you bet on that horse. And race four, I am picking to win House Limit. House Limit. There you go, folks. Uh, HPIbet.com, if you're not able to make it out to the track, but you do want to bet on the races. And, of course, you can check out all the action as Remo and I normally do when we're not out at the track. 
on the Assiniboia Downs YouTube page. Kirk and Stretch do a great job throughout the night of giving you insights, some picks of their own, and, of course, the live broadcast of the race. Uh, and, again, if you want to make an arrangement, uh, a reservation in the dining room for live racing, a world-famous prime rib buffet, and more, asdowns.com or 885-3330 to make reservations. All right, well, that's going to do it for us today. A great show. And, yes, I know Rob Mahoney was wondering – who I am away for the next two days, going out to Aikens Lake. I cannot wait. I've been looking forward to it for for months. And who's filling in for us? Well, there's no one really filling in. We'll have a great selection of guests. But yes, the brains of the operation, Michael Remus, taking the reins for the next two days. Um, you know, we'll have some guys pop in. I think Billick's going to jump in in the first segment tomorrow with Michael. We'll also have Ed Tate from Montreal. Brandon uh, Brandon Rowicki is going to jump on the program. And we'll have an interview that I'm doing today with Gary Stern, the owner of the Montreal Alouettes. So tomorrow's show is going to be packed. And then Friday will be great. Darren Bombing is going to jump on with Remo. At the beginning of the program, the guys will chop up everything that happened with the Bombers-Alouettes game on Thursday night. Ken Weeb, Weeb's World, will pop onto the program, and Hacksaw as well. So um, two full shows with Michael Remus and a bunch of guests popping in while I'm away. And uh, make sure you in the chat behave, as he's going to have quite a bit on his hands over the next couple of days. Remo, how are you feeling? Are you excited oh. to uh, to step it up? There'll be no running to answer the door or make soup or anything yeah, during the show now. I can't do that. Yeah, just I'd, so you know. I'm not going to be able to go to the bathroom during the show and just leave it on. I'm nervous, but also very excited. I've never done a show by myself. No one would let me at the old station. So now that we own the place, we can do whatever we want, right? So exactly. No, going you're going to be awesome. I mean, listen, you're a, I mean, a huge part of this show each and every day, and uh, yeah, you know, we could get someone to pop in. But I think this is a great time for you to, you know, get a few reps, have some fun, chop yeah. it up with the guys, and. Uh, you know, uh, people can see all the incredible talent behind the scenes sometimes when you're not on it. So, uh, anyways, I, I'm appreciative of you of, of holding it down. Thanks to everyone for uh, for the support of the show. Make sure you subscribe. Tell a friend to subscribe and uh, hit us up on the podcast as well. And make sure you're here tomorrow. Uh, lots on the Bombers and Alouettes before kickoff and Friday show. Tons of reaction from the game with Michael and a star-studded series of guests. Thanks again. Speaking of guests, to Morris Lukowicz, to Jeff Feinberg, and to Mike McIntyre. And thanks to all of you for making us a part of your day, gang. We will see you. I'll be back on Monday, but the show will go on. Michael Reem is holding it down for the next couple days along with a bunch of guests, and it's a Bomber game day tomorrow, so you know where to be. 1 p.m. live on YouTube and in your podcast feed a little later on, right here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Thanks for being with us. Oh, my God! Oh! Shut it down! Let's go home! Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.